Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. As we kick off another week of fun and excitement, we're here to take your calls about absolutely anything. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. So much to talk about tonight here. Of course, your calls are the primary element if you decide to make them. Uh, a couple weeks ago, or a handful of weeks ago, we talked about the uh, the UK going to be implementing a drone plan where they'd be flying drones uh, through the streets, keeping an eye out for, you know, jaywalkers, pot smokers. And there's, I guess, some news about such uh, such things coming here to the, the United States, as was speculated about. Indeed, some people said that Houston was already doing a test program this year. And indeed, uh, when we checked that out, it, they certainly were. So could be some flying drones coming to a city near you. Mark, you've got an update on the drone situation. But first, we go across the pond to the U.K., where Ziggy is on the line. Hello, Ziggy. Yo, guys. Hey. Okay, um... Right, we have the Winter Olympics going on in Vancouver, mm-hmm. and here's a question. I wonder if anybody asked the people of Van- who live in Vancouver why- whether they wanted to host the Olympics, as in pay for them. Yeah, they, they don't seem real ba- um, happy about it. Most of Canada is happy about it, but it's the people of B.C. that, that are somewhat ambivalent about the, uh, the intrusion that is the Olympics. I know this. No one asked the people of London whether they wanted to host the uh, uh, Summer Olympics. And I'm sure the Winter Olympics are expensive, but the Summer Olympics are extraordinarily expensive. And the original budget was for about $3 billion. It's now gone up to $17 billion, I think, the last time I heard. And for the wait, wait, record, is this for the UK or for the Vancouver? Uh, this is for the London Olympics. Got it. Um, when is that? Uh, and for the uh, for the record, I think you'll find that the Beijing Olympics cost something in excess of forty billion. Wow. Um, now some people defend this by saying, "Oh, well, it's an investment, and it'll encourage tourism and business and etc." I've you know, got no problem if business and the private sector want to stump up the money uh, to um, host um, these events. Right. You know, I, I certainly am not, you know, I, I mean, I'm watching the snowboarding as I'm speaking to you. So, you know, I am, you know, I'm a sports fan and sure, you know, it's great to watch. But, you know, I'm sorry, but I don't think it should be the taxpayer paying for this. But I don't think the private sector would stump up the money uh, uh, for this because they wouldn't get a return on their investment. You know, we're told that the Los Angeles Olympics are the only Olympics ever to make a profit. But I heard that that's only when you manipulate the figures. And in fact, the Los Angeles Olympics, like every other Olympics, in fact, made a loss. Oh, it's completely believable. I mean, I mean, we're talking about essentially a, an organization that is based upon governments, right? I mean, the entire concept of the Olympics is to bring uh, teams that are put together by the, the state Right? Isn't that the idea? That well, yeah. that, that's the idea. But I mean, I think that the Olympics as a concept could work um, if it, you know if, if business owners wanted you know if people wanted to sponsor it and that kind of thing. It would just look different and run much more efficiently. Um, yeah. cu- currently, it's it you know it, it's it's basically government funded and it doesn't run efficiently. So you know, I mean, I I, yeah. I agree and I but I do think that we don't have to lose the Olympics. They just look different. 
Well, there's all but, kinds of sports but, out there that have a lot of uh, support. I mean, uh, there's major uh, you know, football and baseball and tennis and golf. And I mean, they, they have no problem uh, making money hand over fist year after year. So, yeah, it would just be a matter of putting people and entrepreneurs and people in search of uh, profit, people looking to satisfy their customers in charge of the Olympics rather than having it essentially be bureaucrats. Um, just one last point. Um, after L- the London are hosting the Olympics, Rio are hosting the Olympics. And I'm sure there are people on the left who are going to say, hold on a moment, Brazil, though it's got a developing economy, is still a fairly poor nation. You know, should they be spending billions on hosting, you know, the, the Olympics in Rio while they've got things like poverty to deal with? Well, yeah, I mean, that's a good question. But then again, they're just going to blow it on something else, right? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever they spend the money on, they're going to blow it. So, I mean, and they'll probably get uh, some kind of subsidization, I would imagine, from larger, from the, the countries that can afford it, as it were. True, but I, 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 I just, I just think, you know, even the left here, you know, will, will, will say no, the Olympics is not a priority. Um, I'll give you one last example. Last week. Um, the chairman of the BOA, which is the British Olympic Association, said that the government should do more to support um, athletes going to the Winter Olympics. And I kind of went, hold on a moment. You know, even if you believe that the state should be helping people, the last thing you should, should, should be saying that the government should be doing is, you know, um, funding people to throw themselves down a, a mountain in the name of sport. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is he yeah. thinks that the government should do that because that's what his job is to think. I mean, what kind of British <laughs> Olympic uh, authority guy or whatever he is would he be if he said, oh, I think that uh, they've had quite enough money over there and uh, the <laughs> athletes themselves can, well, they can just pony up the money to go over to the BC Olympics if they want to. I mean, right. what kind of crappy bureaucrat would he be then? <laughs> Somebody would fire his ass immediately. Ziggy, thank you for good the point. thoughts tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. That was a pretty good accent, Mark. You think so? One. Yeah, I like that one. I thought it was uh, kind of kind of sad, but I, I have watched a lot of Monty Python. Oh, very good. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I am just completely oblivious to the Olympics. I mean, I, I'm about as keyed in on the Olympics as I am on the Super Bowl. I I, I I tend to watch, but it seems like whenever really? I watch, I, I, I see the most god-awful costumes I've ever seen in my goddamn my, my life at all. Um, so, you know, it just I, – I hate watching the uh, the Olympics for that reason. You know, you'll see these uh, – the figure skaters and the guys are in uh, some kind of cross between a tutu and a leather bondage outfit. I, I just – How do you watch it? You don't have TV. Uh, you you watch them, online? see them in different places. Oh, I see. You just happen to be at a bar, and there's gotcha. the there's the losers with uh, I don't know spandex, uh, you know, flames running up their spandex mm-hmm. or something like that. You know, I probably wouldn't even known it was happening, except I happen to have a friend who was traveling up to Vancouver who'd mentioned that to me, and then I saw a headline about some guy getting killed. That's you know, really the only. Uh, it's a tragedy. Yeah, and, uh, I, I wouldn't want to diminish that. It's but then again, he was going what like 85 miles an hour. That's how fast they like go. That. I mean, I mean, it's not like you control the territory. It's it's you know? right. it's a it's a stool with uh, with with little blades on it. It's going to go as fast as it goes down that course. Yeah. Um, and it just goes to show the government can't design a course that uh, is safe. But I, I think what's even more dangerous that is that skeleton um, run, which is essentially luge, where you're facing where where your your face is the first thing that's uh, that, that's going to strike anything. 
Well, I mean, to your comment that the government can't design a course, I imagine they bring in, you know, the foremost experts on uh, on the sports in order to. They probably pay through the nose. In yeah, order you're to probably have that right. If there was a thing happen, if it was run by the free market, likely there would still be accidents now. Anytime and then. you've got human bodies flying at 85 miles an hour uh, with no virtually no protection on, you know, there's a chance something's going to go drastically wrong. Not a fair statement. So I retract it. Yeah. 1-800-259-9231. You can bring up anything and take control of the airwaves. All right. So let's talk about drones, Mark. What is going on well, you know in this we, country? We were talking about uh, drones, you know, watching the American populace and all that stuff. Well, and, and um, Gene, the Christian anarchist, called in and he had a question about, well, what are they going to do about airspace? These drones don't have the same kind of uh, vision as pilots do. They can't look all around and up and down yeah, that's like right. a regular pilot can. So... And and they're, and they're good size when you compare them Are to a, well when you compare them to a personal aircraft. Okay. They're they're bigger than say a remote control aircraft. They're mm. they're good sized. Um, they can they'll certainly ruin the day of anybody who's out in you know a prop plane. Gotcha. Um, and you know he asked that question. What's going to happen how, with these things up there that can only right. really see forward? And here's the answer from the Grand GrandForksHerald.com. Based on comments given this week um, at the public hearing on the Air Force proposal to restrict large blocks of airspace over eastern North Dakota for the new mission of unmanned aerial vehicles. Private pilots want as little change as possible. The hearings held on uh, Devil's Lake, Carrington, Langdon, and on Friday in the Alaris Center in Grand Forks. What kind of a mission are they going to have in North Dakota? What are they looking for? Practice. Oh... We'll come back with more on this. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL. That's FTL is in Free Talk Live. And sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial on in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark, join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com features including archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, click and download. They're right there on the front page of the website. All yours for free, unlike those other talk show hosts who want to charge you for their sites. Enjoy ours on us at freetalklive.com. Now then, do you hate making extra trips back in to the house or back outside to carry in the grocery bags? Well, for the last several months at my home, we've been using the Totasac, and they are super. Uh, they're made of 100% recycled materials right here in the United States, designed to simplify all kinds of carrying tasks. You can go to totasac.com, T-O-T-A-S-A-K.com. Get yourself a family pack today. You won't regret it. T-O-T-A-S-A-K.com. I, at least have not, I've really enjoyed my Totasac. Same here. I yeah. like them. So I just used it this weekend, and it sure did make things easier. Uh, we continue here. We're talking about the drones, soon perhaps to be flying around a city near you. Well, odds are good these things aren't going to – last time we talked about this, I said, well, odds are good these are going to hit the big cities first. 
you know, Chicago, New York, uh, D.C., but looks like North Dakota is going to be where they're hitting first, or at least some of the earlier ones are. Mark, you've got a story that says that they're actually reserving airspace for the drones. They're going to make it so that the drones are the priority, basically, that nobody else will be able to fly wherever the drones are flying. Right. After the Pentagon realigned Grand Forks Air Force Base to house unmanned aerial systems instead of the KC-135 air refueling tankers, the Air Force has had to redesign things, including airspace, for the newest thing in military aviation. Unmanned aerial vehicles, the drones that can track and or fire on enemy targets while being remotely piloted from thousands of miles using technology, like one thing, basic to flying, eyes in the cockpit, making sure to avoid in-air collisions. The Pentagon now refers to them as remotely piloted aircraft, or RPA, instead of UAS and UAVs, according to the draft of the proposed environmental impact statement involved. Uh, Sounds more human that way, right? If it's if it's called an unmanned aerial vehicle as compared to a remotely piloted aircraft, yeah. the latter one sounds a little more human, right? Because uh, unmanned makes it seem like it's totally robotic, whereas remotely piloted it just says, well, there's a human being behind the controls hundreds of miles away or whatever it is. Makes you really wonder, what? why do they need these things in, in North Dakota, doesn't it? I thought you said they were just tra- training with them. Well, yeah, yeah but I mean... It, I don't know. It's it's bothersome. Well, it's what? just an Air Force base, and they're mm-hmm. just gonna then you know do their little training things. Can't they there. train over wherever they are in the Middle East? I mean, they're remote, right? You'd think, but maybe they don't want to bring the newbie operators out to battle until they've. They don't need to the battle. Chance. They could just train. Right, but I, but I guess what I'm saying is that maybe their installations aren't, you know, they don't have the installations there that they need, like the uh, the, the base these, or the technology. Likely these guys aren't piloting from North uh, Dakota, would be my thought. Is Likely the, the, the ones piloted in, from Af- in Afghanistan and Iraq, um, if they have I think they have them in Iraq, are from Tampa. So Really? Yeah, they're, they're piloting them right there from McDill Air Force Base in Tampa, Florida. Wow. I, I don't know, Mark. I mean, that'd be a good question for a military person, perhaps. 800-259-9231, if you can answer why they would be needing to uh, to do this in North Dakota. But So these aren't necessarily going to be intended for uh, city usage as far as the Who United States. Who knows what States. they're intended for? That's a good point. So it's uh, that's a good point, Mark. You're right. Just because the military is involved doesn't mean it's necessarily for overseas. I mean, as we've seen recently, in fact, I've got a story to, to follow this up. About the uh, the military and the posse comitatus going away, which basically just makes it so that they can be used as policing agents here in the United States. There's a very good chance these could be used here. You're right. Grand Forks is slated to to get eight global hawks and eight predators. That sound nice. Mm. Predators in the skies and of hawks. America. Yeah. The lack of see and avoid capability means the Federal Aviation Administration requires the Air Force to um, sketch out chunks of airspace to fly the drones that would be restricted from other aircraft for safety's sake. Mm. So um, space that previously private pilots could fly around in here, that right. um, now they can't because the Air Force needs it. Oh, they just took it. They own everything. They do. That's really the point. The idea that you as an American citizen own anything in the public sector is just right. a falsehood. Right, and I think a lot of people get into flying because of the uh, the freedom aspect of it, right? I mean, don't don't you think that, that human beings, uh, being ground creatures, have uh, I think historically a lot of them have wanted to uh, fly, yeah. And so once uh, the good folks who came up with flight, uh, you know that 
innovation occurred, it became fairly popular, and uh, and people people do it just for fun. They buy airplanes so they can go up and just tool around the skies and, and have a good old time. I mean, they can afford it. That's what they that's what they do. It's their hobby. When you ask anyone about why they went up, uh, why they started flying, freedom is going to be one of the first words out of their mouths generally. Absolutely. And so this is just a great example of how the federal government is now even encroaching upon. I mean, obviously, they probably already had restrictions like, you know, you can't fly over top of the White House. You can't fly over probably military bases and things like that. But for the most part, you could go other places without necessarily – I guess you have to file flight plans and things like that if you're going to be so high up. There's probably a lot of restrictions in uh, in flying an airplane, but this is a pretty big chunk, I would say. This is a pretty big uh, attack on the freedom to fly. Basically, in North Dakota, it certainly is. Yeah, just basically lobbing off huge swaths of uh, airspace and saying, no go. What will happen if you fly in there, I wonder? They're going to scramble some jets, uh, maybe scramble some UAVs. What else do they do? RP, what are they? RP? RPAs. RPAs. Remotely piloted Yeah, maybe aircraft. they'll scramble them up and uh, threaten to shoot you down. The Air Force's proposal to restrict some sort of arrangement of a big block of airspace north of Devil's Lake and one south of Devil's Lake with transition legs going to the Grand Forks base. Could have large negative aspects on private flyers, said several people on Friday in Grand Forks. Um, Hey, shut up. It's to fight terrorism. (laughs) Spoke as uh, this fellow, Paul Hansen, spoke as the president of the North Dakota Pilots Association for the North Dakota Aviation Council during the formal hearing. And, uh, you know, he said he didn't like it. He argued that the Air Force, Force, it's... um, to limit its airspace restriction plans to the smallest possible area, whatever they do will have an impact on crop sprayers and charter mm. pilots flying corporate jets as well as hobby pilots such as him. Yeah. Um, what happens if you have uh, a farm? That's a great point. What happens if you have a farm and you need your crops to be sprayed from uh, from the sky? You're just, sorry. Sorry, your SOL, your business is uh, just going to have to go under now because yeah. you know, it's not like you can just pick up your farm and move somewhere. <laughs> yep. Wow. Apparently, uh, um, until the uh, Air Force Base has some configuration of restricted airspace to fly the drones, any new um, AUS missions uh, and the Grand Forks Base can't begin until um, begin to be implemented. The new mission is expected to involve 907 personnel, which is about 100 fewer than the group of personnel running the last squadron of a dozen tankers scheduled to be transferred out there at the end of the year. Okay. So, so that's that, right? Yeah. Okay. Toll-free numbers, 800-259-9231. So how likely is it that the unmanned aerial vehicles or remote piloted aircraft will be coming to a city near you? Well, it's pretty much speculation at this point. Houston has been testing it, uh, testing them. I'm not sure where else these tests might be going on, perhaps, because uh, they basically caught Houston red-handed testing. They, they weren't necessarily... Uh, yelling that one from the rooftops that they were they weren't announcing that publicly they they got caught uh, so how many other cities around the country how many other police departments are testing these things there's more to come here on uh, the expansion of the military's use right here in the United States against us explain in moments this Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Toll House Refrigerated Cookie Dough. There are a million reasons to bake with Toll House. Find yours at VeryBestBaking.com. Whether it's sweet potatoes on Thanksgiving or burgers on the 4th of July, kids associate certain foods with certain occasions. Family traditions are important to them, so when planning your holiday or birthday menu, keep in mind what they like most and invite the kids to cook up a new food tradition. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash YourFamilyToday. 
is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include our wiki. Over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com. You can edit virtually anything you see there. W-I-K-I, wiki.freetalklive.com. The highly anticipated new documentary, new documentary, Reclaiming the Blade, featuring Viggo Mortensen, Carl Urban, John Rhys-Davies, and Star Wars legend Bob Anderson is now available at swordmovie.com. The film includes hours of swordplay, instructional videos, as well as behind-the-scenes videos and exclusives. Pick up your copy today and discover... Our heritage with the sword and the historical rights of free men. Visit swordmovie.com today for your chance to win one of the many real historical replica swords and lightsabers. Swordmovie.com. So I came across this story this weekend, um, and since you brought up the the whole drones flying about and the idea that the military might be using these here in this country soon, it's kind of scary. We know the police departments are talking about using them, so why not the military? You know, why not arm them up with some uh, some death rays and have them go around and you know shoot at protesters and things like that? I know they don't actually have death rays yet, but they do have the uh, the audio ray thing, the little parabolic dish that essentially just makes it this high pitched burn. I was like burns your ears or something like that. I I don't know. There's one that uh, makes your skin feel like it's been set, that on, one, yeah. set on fire, but it doesn't cause any actual uh, damage. So they claim. Right, so they claim. Right. <laughs> Except it shortened your life like a decade. No, um, so, so, yeah, I mean, how long before they start lo- loading up tasers and things like that onto these unmanned aerial vehicles and start using those? Uh, I mean, take it to the next level. They're, they're just going to probably have them flying about taking pictures in the first place. Because you know they're not going to just put the death uh, the death units out right away. They're just going to put the the regular flyers out, have them snap some photos, and then they'll bring out the death units. Well, you know we'd be a lot safer if we could just have these uh, these units that were able to kill people out there. Then you know then uh, Americans be safer from criminals. I mean that's the sales pitch, right? Is that well you know we we can't have the police everywhere, but we sure can have these drones and cameras everywhere. So uh, so it's kind of related to that in the just whole expansion of the state controlling your life. The New York Times reporting on Obama deciding to start using some executive power with much of his legislative agenda stalled in Congress. Mother, same. I mean, you could just transpose Obama with Bush. They all do this. They all use these executive orders these executive powers to essentially just short circuit whatever the the process is supposed to be in order for the government to do things you know where the like they taught you in school where the legislature passes a bill and then it goes to obama's desk or it goes to the president's desk and then he signs it or vetoes it uh well these days they don't really need to do all that and this is basically an article that is uh written to explain this to people Right to explain what people to people the average American what an executive power is. With much of his legislative agenda stalled in Congress, President Obama and his team are preparing an array of actions using his executive power to advance energy, environmental, fiscal, and other domestic policy priorities. Why didn't why are they waiting? I mean, why didn't they do this a year ago? I mean, why? Why even bother trying to put something through Congress if that's not necessary anymore? Is it just for a show? 
Anyway, Obama has not given up hope of progress on Capitol Hill, said aides, and has a scheduled session with Republican leaders on health care later this month. But in the aftermath of a special election in Massachusetts that cost Democrats unilateral control of the Senate, the White House is getting ready to act on its own in the face of partisan gridlock heading into the midterm campaign. According to the chief of staff, Rahm Emanuel, he says... We're reviewing a list of presidential executive orders and directives to get the job done across a front of issues. See, Mark, they're really ready to make a move now. This is it. You know what amazes me about this particular issue is how little they're able to get done. I mean, the Democrats have a full House. You know, they have the the, the majority in the House. They have... Uh, just they had just about a uh, tie-breaking uh, majority in the Senate, but they still have a majority in the Senate. Mm-hmm. Um, so they almost had the supermajority in the Senate, and 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 then the the White House. And it's amazing how little these people can get done. Thank God, I, I may Thank switch. Goodness. I may switch to being a Democrat because the Republicans got a lot more done when George <laughs> when they controlled the uh, the House uh, from 2000. You mean growing the, government a lot faster? Yes, they grew the yeah. government. Uh, they just just by leaps and bounds. Sure did. I, 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 the, the Democrats just don't seem to be able to get anything done. Maybe I maybe I'm missing all the crap that they're sneaking through, but it just doesn't seem like they're getting anything done. Any president has vast authority to influence policy, even without legislation, through executive orders, agency rulemaking, and administrative fiat. And Mr. Obama's success this week in pressuring the Senate to confirm 27 nominations by threatening to use his recess appointment power demonstrated that executive authority can also be leveraged to force action by Congress. So he's got executive orders, agency rulemaking. Now, that's where the agencies are basically able to write their own laws. That's where they, uh, the government basically forms a new government program, like the FDA, for instance, and uh, or DEA, well, and then they allow the bureaucrats that work at those agencies to just come up with their own regulations. The TSA is a great example. As I understand it, there's only one thing that's legislatively not allowed on airplanes, and that's uh, butane lighters. Everything mm-hmm. else, uh, it's hard to imagine guns and knives not being legislated against, but that's that's what's been told to me. Please check on this yourself. But everything else um, is the TSA's come up with these rules. Um, now, now uh, one thing's for certain: they came up with the stupid rule as far as uh, water bottles and the size of liquids that you could carry on to a plane and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. You can Hasn't carry. Hasn't that changed too? Didn't it? I, I thought it was three ounces originally, but I heard three point four recently. Yeah, it's it's three point four. Maybe, maybe they changed it, but okay. I th- maybe they were just rounding down or something like that. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I couldn't tell you. So uh, so we know the executive orders – we've heard about executive orders before, uh, agency rulemaking. That's where the government bureaucracies make their own legislation basically. They just, they just have free reign apparently to write up whatever new rules they want. And then administrative fiat. And of course, the definition of fiat is authoritative degree, sanction, or order. So administrative fiat, that's just where he just – I mean it's like another word for executive order, right? Administrative fiat, it seems like they, they're very – they sound yeah. very similar to I me. Don't, right, I don't either really one know. of them's in the uh, Constitution. It's like administrative fiat. He just waves his little wand and shazam. You know, you do this because well, I am the president. He is in charge of the executive branch, and right. one, one must think that if, the, if Congress creates uh, some governmental agency or another um, that – So uh, if he says jump, they jump. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you would, you would think so, right? Yeah, I guess. 
So the story continues. Uh, he's already decided to create a bipartisan budget commission under his own authority after Congress refused to do so. So why ask? What's the point of that? Does it make sense? If if he can just go ahead and create his own bipartisan budget commission after Congress refused to do so, why not just do it in the first place? Is there some sort of image he's worried about? Look, man, no one's paying attention to you. Nobody knows. I mean, the average American doesn't know this crap's going on. I didn't know that there was a, a Congress that was looking at creating a bipartisan budget commission. I didn't know that. How many Americans know these things? Who's Not he, many. Who are they? Pl- who are they playing to? What is the point? Can somebody answer this? Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I mean, if it's about an image, if it's about upholding this image of attempting to pers- to uh, to fool people into believing that there's some semblance of uh, checks and balances going on here then it doesn't make sense that they would just do the executive order thing right afterwards because that doesn't uphold that image. So if you're just going to go through the executive order process, why bother even trying to convince Congress to go along with the idea in the first place? It just just doesn't make sense. It just takes longer that way, right? So you say, you hand it over to Congress and say, this is what I would like you to do, Congress, and they argue and they bicker and they come back and they, uh, <laughs> you know, they don't do anything. Can't do crap. And they decide, no, well, then if you won't do it, then I'll just do it myself. So they spent months and months or however long it took for them to to come to this conclusion, and now they're just going to go and do it themselves? What is the point of even trying it the first way? Can somebody explain that? It, it I would think it has to be about keeping up an image, but it's an image that no one really even believes is true in the first place or pays attention to. 1-800-259-9231. What do you think? This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want it. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And if you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can learn how to do so over at promote.freetalklive.com. There's a whole list of things that you can do to help get Free Talk Live into more ears around the world and help expose new people to the ideas of freedom. Go to promote.freetalklive.com as we continue with uh, the story here is from the New York Times. And basically the purpose of it is to, from what I can tell, it's about executive power. It's about uh, executive orders, administrative fiats, uh, what is the other one? Oh, agency rulemaking. Essentially, things that the uh, the federal government can do as far as creating new rules, regulations, restrictions, that kind of thing, without actually having to bother going through the legislative process. And the story is it seems to be essentially just to kind of talk, talk about how special this is and how great it is that uh, that you know, hey, the president doesn't even really need Congress. He can just go and do whatever it is he wants to do. Well, almost. Now, they do actually address what they perceive as the differences here. Because I was, I was asking, why are they doing this? Why, If they can just go and do X, Y, and Z with executive orders and that sort of thing, then why bother attempting to go through Congress in the first place? Doesn't that just take longer? What is the purpose of that? Is it just to 
uh, to show people that you're trying to use the checks and balances of uh, the is it is essentially an image thing. Well, according to the story here at the New York Times, they're saying that uh, the first of all, they talk about how they do admit that this is something that's always gone on, you know, under Clinton and Bush and so on and so forth. Well, I don't know about always. Um, it, it, certainly the, uh, My the executive, lifetime. right. The executive orders have uh, historically increased as time's gone gone by. And I don't see, uh, you know, the, the constitutionality of them, I think, is dubious. So it says here then that a drawback of the but nobody executive, cares what I think from a constitutional right. standpoint. A drawback of the executive power strategy is that actions taken unilaterally by the executive branch may not be as enduring as decisions made through acts of Congress <laughs> signed into law by a president. For instance, while the EPA has been determined to have the authority to regulate carbon emissions, the administration would rather have a and I love this market-based system of pollution permits called cap-and-trade that requires legislation. (laughs) Who writes these things? Cap-and-trade is market-based? Huh? What? (laughs) Isn't cap-and-trade... Now, I've heard the term thrown around a lot. I honestly don't really know much about what it is. Isn't that the thing where basically people that are deemed to be polluting will have to pay for their... You know, buy a permit to pollute, basically? Yeah. That's how is the based. hell that's market? How what? Well, they, <laughs> what? <laughs> they, they created a new market through yeah. uh, fiat. It's crazy. Yes. So so basically they're saying that if this goes through Congress, it could be more enduring, meaning I guess if it goes through Congress, they can create more rules more effectively is kind of what I'm hearing them say there. But still would love to have your thoughts at 800-259-9231. I'm not going to go on with the story because it's just Enduring them. means that, um, you know, to me that means that uh, for whatever reason they've overstepped their bounds and some court somewhere will smack them down. But that doesn't – that means that they got away with whatever they got away with for the, the half a decade or whatever it is right, that they the got away case. with it. So you could – essentially getting elected means you can do whatever you want, get overthrown by the courts if that's what happens. If Aw, not, shucks. Right. <laughs> if not, if that doesn't happen, what's the punishment? Nothing. I mean there's there's no – you no. do whatever you want. Working for the government means you never have to say you're sorry. Toll free, 800-259-9231. But let's actually talk about one of the, the recent executive orders. There's a story over at LouRockwell.com's Gary Barnett. Since we're on the subject – he points out that the power of the state, especially in the wake of uh, the events that took place on September 11th, has exploded and spread like a mushroom cloud from an atomic blast, harming or killing all in its wake. The statement's no exaggeration, as unfounded and murderous wars were initiated and continue to this day in Afghanistan and Iraq. New unjustified attacks by the U.S. military and its private contractor agents are now taking place against Pakistan and Yemen, and threats against Iran continue. Killer drones controlled by impotent cowards are being directed from afar to murder innocent civilians. The threat of more war and more killing is constant, and there's no end in sight to this barbaric assault on mankind. Civil liberty has all but disappeared. Body searches, nude body scans, wiretaps, communication surveillance, spying, suspension of habeas corpus, and financial monitoring are now common everyday occurrences. The domestic police have become completely militarized, and combat soldiers are now on American streets. What else has to occur before the masses of bond servants in this country understand what's happening right before their very eyes? What new form of forced government bondage will finally cause them to wake up? 
And these are good questions. If you feel like answering them, I'd love to hear your thoughts at 800-259-9231. But that's not the point of the story. The point is Executive Order 13528, and we'll explain what that is here in a moment. Uh, Will martial law on a national scale have to be solidly in place before the sheep attempt to escape the slaughter? Certainly, martial law has happened on a localized basis already in New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina and most recently in the small town of King, North Carolina, due simply to a snowstorm. These events, and many more, I might add, should cause great concern, but only a few defenders of liberty seem to grasp the serious implications of these isolated abuses. Now, we saw the video from uh, the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina with the uh, the National Guardsmen literally going from home to home, confiscating people's uh, firearms from them. I mean, that was probably just the tip of the iceberg as to some of the things that they did to people. Some of those young young men really did seem to be on the the forks of a dilemma. They didn't know whether, um, you know, the, exactly what they were going to have to do when faced with uh, people that might want not want to give up their weapons. And and uh, the one gentleman who was responding said, "I guess I'll just have to shoot him." Well, that would be his order. He'll have to follow that, or else they'll court martial him. Wouldn't want that now, would he? Yeah. What do you expect from a 25-year-old kid with a machine gun? I wouldn't have given him that. I think he was probably like 19. There you go. Anyway, by January or in January, you, you don't give 40-year-old men's right. machine guns and expect them to follow the orders in the same way. You would expect an 18-year-old young man to follow the orders. In January of this year, Barack Obama, the professed leader of the free world, signed Executive Order 13528. This order, which establishes a council of governors, these appointed directly, directly by, excuse me, appointed directly by the president, is for the express purpose of building a national domestic police partnership. The opening statement of the order reads, By the authority vested in me as president by the Constitution and the laws of the United States of America, including 16, uh, Section 1822 of the National Defense Authorization Act of 2008, And in order to strengthen further the partnership between the federal government and state governments to protect our nation and its people and property, it is hereby ordered as follows. The executive order was issued for one purpose only, and that is to build a legal partnership between the federal government's national military force and the domestic police state so they could become one in the same. But in reality, this partnership would be controlled by the executive branch of the federal government, this being the most dangerous kind of fascism. Nothing could be more treacherous or more of a threat to liberty than for one man, the president of this now United State, to have the power to control and use in domestic matters the entire federal military, the National Guard, the Reserves, the Coast Guard, and all state police organizations. This would effectively give the president the power to establish martial law over the entire country at any given time of his choosing. One reading of Section 2 of this order, which outlines the functions, should be enough to scare the living daylights out of even the most strident supporter of government. It says that the council shall meet at the call of the Secretary of Defense or the co-chairs of the council to exchange views, information, or advice with the Secretary of Defense, Secretary of Homeland Security, Assistant to the President for Homeland Security Counterterrorism, Assistant to the President of the... Blah, 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 blah. They go and they name off all these people. National Guard, uh, the Chief, uh, United States Northern Command, Commandant of the Coast Guard, Department of Homeland Security, Defense, blah, blah, blah. Uh, advice shall concern matters involving the National Guard of the various states, Homeland Defense, Civil Support, Synchronization, and Integration of the State and Federal Military Act Activities in the United States, synchronization and integration of state and federal military activities in the United States, and other matters of interest pertaining to National Guard, Homeland Defense, and civil support activities. 
Yeah. Besides the fact that virtually every major agency of force, both federal and domestic, is listed here, the one standout is the inclusion of the United States Northern Command, or NORTHCOM. On October 1, 2008, the 3rd Infantry Division's 1st Brigade Combat Team, an elite combat squad returning from Iraq, became the first active-duty military unit to be dedicated and deployed for so-called domestic duties. You might remember, Mark, we talked yeah. about that when it happened. It was weird. And, you know, you haven't really heard much about them since. Uh, they're under direct There's not much to do, right? Not yet. Uh, they're under direct control of U.S. Army North, the Army Service component of NORTHCOM. In addition, 20,000 more federal troops are to be added before 2011. Of course, this violates the Posse Comitatus Act and the original Insurrection Act. These two acts are, uh, are acts that forbid the federal government from using the military for domestic law enforcement. But since when has the Constitution or written law ever stopped them? More coming up here. We'll explain what's going on in Hour 2. It's Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet! And get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231, and tonight it's Ian with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Coming up tonight, we've got a giveaway to do. In fact, we're going to be giving you the sword movie. Reclaiming the Blade. We'll tell you more about it here in a little bit and give you the contest lines when the time is right. 800-259-9231. That's a regular call in line. We're talking about, for those of you just tuning in, the idea of martial law coming to America. In fact, it's already came and went, and it probably will come back. Uh, come, yeah, it's come and gone, rather. Anyway, uh, back after Hurricane Katrina in Mississippi and the New Orleans area of Louisiana... The U.S. federal government was going in and taking people's guns from them. They were occupying the streets with armed troops. So that was martial law. And the story here at LouRockwell.com points out that they just recently had some more martial law in a town in North Carolina during the, the recent snowfall. So a little bit of snow falls from the sky, and that's apparently reason to, uh, to call for martial law these days. In fact, the uh, the government people, the federal government and the state government agencies have been meeting up. There was a executive order signed in the month of January, number 13528, which establishes <laughs> a council of governors. And uh, these are people that are appointed by the president for the express purpose of building a national domestic police partnership. And the uh, the story goes on to outline all these different government agencies, these different 
essentially agencies over the, that have control of coercive force, various different defense, so-called defense agencies, state police, that kind of thing. They're all meeting up and they're talking about things like synchronization and integration of state and federal military activities in the United States. Uh, so besides the fact that every virtual, virtually every major agency of force, this uh, from the Lou Rockwell story, both federal and domestic is listed here. The one standout is the inclusion of NORTHCOM. Now this is essentially the United States Northern Command, and it acknowledges here that over uh, the the 3rd Infantry Division's 1st Brigade Combat Team was brought back from Iraq to become active duty military deployed for so-called domestic duties. We also know that 20,000 more federal troops are intended to be added to domestic duties before the year 2011. Now, of course, uh, this violates the Posse Comitatus Act and the Insurrection Act, but how... Has written law ever stopped uh, the government from doing as it pleases in the past? Any restriction on the use of federal troops in domestic affairs, however, has now basically been rendered moot. That's due to the new wording in the Insurrection Act that allows for federal intervention in cases of, and we reported on this one in the past, natural disaster, epidemic, or other serious public health emergency, terrorist attack, or incident, or other condition. So if anybody could you know, could tell themselves that, well, you know, we might need the military in the event of a terrorist strike or a national emergency or the public health or epidemic, national, natural disaster. You, you pick your list. We've got it because is all we need is an other condition. Right, right. So even if you could excuse the first several elements of that particular <laughs> quote – other condition seems a little, oh, I don't know, open-ended. <laughs> Ever so slightly vague. Indeed, it's an invitation for the feds to be able to implement martial law anytime and at any place and for any reason they choose. Now, with the changes listed... Uh, How could they say that? And the new executive order signed by Obama on January 11th, 2010, the stage is set for the federal government to take over this country and by force, should we the people get out of line. Considering the horrible economic situation we're in, the high and growing rate of unemployment, the constant increase of brutality by the police, the unwarranted searches and seizures, the nearly complete loss of civil liberties and uh, continuous wars, could anyone honestly believe that a state of martial law is not only possible, but probable? If any of you out there think this is some sort of conspiracy theory, you may be exactly right. The government does seem to be conspiring to gain the power to control by military force the citizenry of this country. It seems very clear to me, and there is a voluminous amount of evidence to support the conclusion that a government conspiracy is in fact already in place. And they've been moving on this for years and years. As he points out, this goes back you know, to uh, the Bush administration, various different pieces of legislation that were passed uh, back then. So it's not like this is an attack on this one administration. They're, they're all continuing the But that's what they're the going to try path. to make it seem like. Right. They're all continuing the same path as their predecessors. The increase of state power, the ability of the government to do whatever the flip that it wants to do. They're just legalizing all the things that they want to do, all the things they've gotten away with uh, in the past here and there for brief little uh, blips of time. They're, they're just kind of paving the way to do more of it in the future and making sure that if it's challenged, there's not a damn thing that will, uh, will be done to stop it. And he points out that every move we make is monitored, every call well, could be, uh, every call we make can be traced, every email we send can be captured, every financial transaction we do is databased. We can't travel even in our own country without being strip-searched and abused by the Cretans at the TSA. And if the government decides for no reason at all to label us as enemy combatants, they can throw us in prison and torture or kill us without the benefit of a trial. 
Oh, and there was news the other week that if you're around the rest of the world as a U.S. citizen, so-called, and they decide you're a threat, they can just come and kill you. They don't even have to put you in front of a military tribunal in that case. Just execute you right there on the spot. It's kind of inconvenient. So why would anyone think that this government could not and would not take the next step of its progression of control? The next step is martial law, and once implemented, might turn out to be the final step in ending our history of freedom. Gary Barnett, writing over at LewRockwell.com. All of the signs out there point to this being a very realistic possibility for them. Now, does this mean that I think they're going to start rounding people up and putting them into the so-called FEMA camps sometime soon? I don't see I don't see that there's any evidence for that coming anytime soon. A lot of people certainly believe that uh, that will be the case, but they certainly could do it if they wanted to. Yeah, I mean, government's only thing is imprisonment and threats of violence. Yeah. So, of course, they're going to want to increase their ability to imprison and threaten violence. I mean, that's that's all they've got. They have the, 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 the pretense that they're helping you, whether they're helping you by securing the nation against the, the terrifying uh, the Muslim horde or whether they're securing the nation against the the the, 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 cor- the corporates or the illegals or the, you know, um, whatever it is that you're afraid of, poverty, uh, sickness, what, whatever it is that you're afraid of, the government attempts to get insert itself in that arena. But the way that it does insert itself is by forcing you to fund. It. So they've, all they've got is is force. Not only do they force you to fund it, but they also uh, demand your obedience and will create all kinds of mechanisms to keep an eye on you. Yep. Let's it's, go. It's 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 uh, so convincing that so many people go for it. To the phones and the fun. Richard is listening to WCER in Canton, Ohio. Hello, Richard. Um, hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, actually, quite a number of things. Um, you've uh, sort of uh, skimmed the surface out. Um, one of which is, uh, as an American citizen, I found it really um, unusual one day to find the uh, the, the Secret Service at my door. Um, I had a conversation with a brother of mine who has recently passed away, which was really why I didn't remember too much of the conversation. But uh, they said that I made some statements about, uh, well, who cares if a president and um, a congressman dies? And... Uh, well, I was, I was referring to um, recently uh, released information by um, uh, one of the uh, former cabinet members of uh, John Fitzgerald Kennedy and um, about how um, LBJ had, had made certain moves to um, uh, release both um, the Fed and uh, the CIA, and suddenly... Um, you know, like LBJ's dad, and Robert Kennedy, who was of similar fraction, ended up passed away after that. But you know, this is this is how this is how boldly the stuff had gone. And they made mention that I had they had picked this information up from a certain um, store that that I um, frequented. Mm. Well, it, it later appeared that you know a certain person who worked there in security uh, was no longer there because evidently there had been similar things, sort of happened through that store and you know whatever the guy if the guy was so close to me he had to hear the whole conversation and it, it was it was uh of course about you know the, the information that had been released so you but, made you a know, com- you made a comment about who cares if a senator or a president dies that's not a threat it's just well, a comment. No, it, that's correct that's correct but they were and, treating and it like it was a threat they were treating you as though you were you were a threat 
Well, I'll tell you the truth. Actually, the two uh, Secret Service men that came... Tell you what, were, tell me the uh, truth here in a moment. Hang on. 800-259-9231. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Do you remember the old Libertarian Party back when it was centered around the non-aggression principle? The LP used to serve as an educational vehicle, turning the public on to liberty through the electoral process and bringing activists together to further their own understanding of the philosophy. It was also the main feeder organization for the larger movement. We want to bring that LP back. Join the Libertarian wing of the Libertarian Party and help restore the party of principle. Visit TakeBackTheLP.info. That's TakeBackTheLP.info. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line coming up. We've got an update for you on the man with the manga. Manga? Manga? Anyway, he's in trouble. One of those. We'll explain what happened. Uh, we'll take your calls first, though. That's the point of the program, to talk to you about whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, including our Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send us their validated photo or video showing they are indeed listeners of the program. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. You can see that uh, for yourself and get involved if you are a lady listener. Shrine.freetalklive.com. The highly anticipated new documentary, Reclaiming the Blade, featuring Viggo Mortensen, Carl Urban, Jean Rhys Davies, and Star Wars legend Bob Anderson, is now available at swordmovie.com. The film includes Hours of swordplay instructional videos, as well as behind-the-scenes videos and exclusives. Pick up your copy today and discover our heritage with the sword and the historical rights of free men. Visit swordmovie.com today for your chance to win one of many real historical replica swords and lightsabers. Now, we've got a giveaway uh, coming up here tonight, probably within the hour, I would say, that is going to give you a copy of Reclaiming the Blade on DVD. Uh, yes, DVD. So what uh, else would it be? Could, could be Blu-ray, I suppose. I don't know. I imagine it's DVD. Sword movie. It is, it is in fact DVD. I, I played it on my DVD player. I don't okay. know what do, really don't even know what Blu-ray is. <laughs> <laughs> Swordmovie.com is where you can get to learn more about that. And uh, stay tuned for the giveaway that's coming up shortly. Let's go back to Richard listening to WCER in Ohio. Richard, you're back on Free Talk Live. Now, you were telling us that you had a visit by the Secret Service uh, because you had made a comment about something to the effect of it's no big deal if a president or uh, a senator or some other politician uh, is killed or dies. Is that correct? Uh, yes. It had to do with newly released information from uh, a gentleman who actually uh, released information prior to his death. Actually, it was months prior to his death when they assumed that he was going to pass away uh, in the first place. And... Uh, it was withheld. He had his son hold on to the information, and uh, it, was, it was later released by his son uh, after after he did pass away. And uh, which, after a few near after an actual near death um, experience that he had along the, um, um, I'm trying to remember, it was down in the coast way of uh, Southern California, but uh, he was nearly run off the road, and you know it's. It, given you know a definite threat what does that anyway, have sorry, uh, just what does agent, that have to do with uh, the secret service i don't i don't make the i'm not making the connection well, okay here. well the, th- the thing was was like i made mention of the information that was released and uh it was by uh saint james i can't think of the last name or, or i'd have this thing for you but uh saint james hunt which was uh, uh his father uh worked on with the cabinet of um 
uh, LBJ. The claim was that uh, LBJ uh, had uh, set up the demise of JFK, and St. James Hunt's father, wish I could think of his name right now, but um, he had uh, made the arrangements, and he had released all this information so that when he passed away... He, he made the arrangements it, to bump off JFK? Oh, that's correct. You're unfamiliar with this? Uh, no, I don't know all the different theories out there. It happened there, so. like 100 years well, ago, Well, no, man. it's not. A, this, this isn't by theory. This is by confession. You're like, saying you know, that you, you, you have a connection to the person who confessed to... Uh, no, that's not correct. That's not correct. I'm saying that this... this um, St. James Hunt. What was his dad's name? I Hunt. don't. I've never heard of these people. So what does this have to do with the Secret Service coming to see you? I guess I'm a little confused about that. Well, okay. Well, I was talking to my brother about it. Who um, About a, JFK's uh, assassination? Right. Got it. And and also about Robert later. Uh, I don't know who that like, is. Yeah, okay. St. James Hunt's father made no comment whatsoever about... Um, Matter of fact, he said he had nothing to do with the RFK assassination, but he was the man in control of um, the JFK assassination. And he used enlisted immediately beneath him um, a gentleman who uh, whose wife had an affair with uh, JFK. And the guy had a real burr for him, so, you know, the thing seemed to work for Mark, the, are you uh, as probably. lost on this as I am? I am, like, completely I want to know lost. about Lee Harvey Oswald. Well, you want to know about Lee Harvey Oswald? Let's see. Let's take two of the um, better people we can refer to. Uh, they're both have held uh, high security clearance in the nation, um, both of which have gone to the assassination Why did you do that, point. Mark? I just well, hold on. What, what point of information here? I sorry if I'm a little dense, uh, but it, I'm not really getting what your point is. You're, what do the Secret Service guys do? What's this? Actually, they were, they were very understanding, and they pretty much dismissed the thing. They sent two really good agents. I will say that, because like most people don't have don't have that particular blessing. These so, what was the purpose that, of your call? Was it to tell us that they came after you, or to start talking about the uh, Kennedy assassination? Actually, uh, <laughs> I was just giving the Kennedy assassination as the reason why they came. You know, by because you were talking about, about it, because you had a flippant attitude about uh, the deaths flippant. of politicians. So I said flippant. Yeah. Uh, the deaths, uh, the deaths of politicians. Well, no, it's it's just it's just that no. What I was saying to my brother was this: it was like back in the '80s, we sprung so hard to have a reinvestigation of the Warren Commission, and you know, and all of a sudden now, all this information is being released about Hunt's dad confessing to the fact that he arranged the assassination of President Kennedy, and absolutely nobody's doing anything. And my point with my brother was, like, God, back then, you know, even in the 80s, people were fighting for this kind of information. And, you know, when it comes to these days, it seems like nobody really cares. Yeah, it's old old news. It's old news, right? Yeah, it's old news. But, you know, like, they, they... you know, when they did the investigation, when they redid the investigation on the Warren Commission, they seemed to think everything was fine and dandy. And all of a sudden, we've got a confession as to exactly what happened, well, and nobody cares. I think. By the way, I I don't care about if politicians die. That I agree with you. I mean, if that's what you said, I absolutely agree with you because everybody's you know, going to die. Okay. They're thugs, well, let's, and let's, let's, uh, who cares if a thug it. dies, right? Hey, thanks okay, for the call. I appreciate hearing it. from you tonight. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. They'll just be replaced by another thug. So really, it doesn't matter. It really 
is completely uh, almost inconsequential if uh, some politician, whether it's some old guy that finally croaks after having been in office for years upon years or a younger politician, they're all the same to me. 802, that doesn't mean I wish them harm. It doesn't mean that I wish them uh, to to perish, but I'm not going to shed a tear if they do. There, we, we're all going to perish. Let's continue here. Steve, listening to KBYO-FM in Louisiana. Steve, did you get that last call? I didn't. I was in the dark. Uh, no, no. He was kind of talking in circles. He's not, he sounds like he spent too much time in front of his computer. Well, I spent <laughs> a lot of time in front of my computer, so I don't, know if that, I don't know if that's what it is. But I'm glad it wasn't just me. Go ahead, Steve. What were you calling about tonight? Uh, yeah, I, I, like I said, I figured out where I'm at. I'm in rural Louisiana. I'm on I-20. I'm on my way to North Carolina. And you guys were talking earlier about how the government's trying to micromanage everything and get their fingers into every aspect of our lives yes. and business. Well, we've, uh, we, being the professional truck drivers of America, we've got uh, some new standards coming out in June oh, that are really going to curb... Uh, you know, they're really going to micromanage the way we do our business. I'll tell you what, if you uh, can hang on, I know you're on a cell phone on the road. I'd love to bring you back and tell me more about that here in a few moments. We'll do that. Right now, we got to give away a sword movie. Uh, go to swordmovie.com to see it. Dial in toll-free. Or not, yeah, actually, it is not toll-free. It's 603-435-1105. It's long distance, but hey, it's a freebie. 603-435-1105. Caller 2 gets the movie free. The highly anticipated new documentary, Reclaiming the Blade, featuring Viggo Mortensen, Carl Urban, John Rice davies and Star Wars legend Bob Anderson is now available at swordmovie.com. The number one movie on iTunes is now available in a two-disc set that includes hours of swordplay instructional videos, behind-the-scenes footage, exclusive interviews, and a documentary on the making of a real sword. Visit swordmovie.com today for your chance to win one of many real historical replica swords, as well as the wonderful Force FX lightsabers from Hasbro. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want if you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. Inviting you to our website, freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free. So enjoy those. And you can get signed up for various different ways to keep in the loop with what's happening with Free Talk Live. You can go to news.freetalklive.com. That's where you'll find uh, options to sign up for our updates. You can follow our Twitter account. You can become a Facebook fan on our Facebook profile. All of those things are linked to at news.freetalklive.com. Why would you want anything other than the best when it comes to personal protection? Well, if you go to tiger.freetalklive.com, you can save up to $100 on the Tiger Light T100's non-lethal self-defense system. It's proven to be the most effective non-lethal personal protect- protection device in the world. It's the Tiger Light at tiger.freetalklive.com. I've got one, and it's awesome. All right, we continue with uh, your phone call. Steve has hung on the line uh, listening to KBYO-FM in Louisiana. On the road, professional driver, uh, you're, you're going to tell us about some of the new absurdities that the federal government will be forcing upon you. And p- professional drivers, as I understand it, already have one of the most highly regulated uh, essentially businesses out there they just tr- own you guys lock stock and barrel and i know that it's so frust it's I mean, i've known some professional drivers and it is such a pr- it can be very frustrating yeah as, as if it's already that. not insane for you guys right so what's going on now steve uh yeah well the new the new regulations coming out they have a standard you know one of the many absurdities that, that was a good word by the way mm. absurdities they're coming out they're, they're going to have a body fat standard 
What? <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. Now, this is, this is true. If you're overweight, and trust me, there's a lot of overweight truck drivers. <laughs> yes, they sit all day. <laughs> you know, and even the ones of us that aren't morbidly obese, you know, have something to worry about. And, and I've heard these standards quoted, and I, and I can't pull them off the top of my head, so I don't want to throw out numbers that are inaccurate. But uh, if, if your body fat does not meet the standard, you have to go to a DOT-appointed physician to get a clearance. And of course, you're not going to get it. Oh my! They're saying gosh. they're saying the 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 experts, uh, the talking heads in the industry are saying this new standard is going to take ten thousand drivers off the road the first week. I believe okay. it. I believe it. What is the? What do you think the reason is for this? I mean, what are they claiming they're trying? How come to... the Teamsters are putting up with this? Oh, the Teamsters! Oh my God! Don't even get me started on the unions. Uh, I don't know what their their method to their madness is, but my concern is. Once you take, once you dump all these overweight drivers, uh, unfit for duty, what are they? They're disabled. So what are they going to do? They're going to be eligible to suck the system dry right. because they're disabled workers. Okay. And okay. another thing they want to do, this is not coming out with the new standards, but it's definitely headed in that direction. They want to put uh, onboard computers into all the uh, trucks. Right now, we have a 14-hour day. When we start our day, we have 14 hours to work, 11 hours to drive. Right. So that right. gives us three hours to load and eat and do whatever, you know. Right. So you uh, got, as as if it's and, not impossible to do your job in 11 hours, and you guys have to lie in your log books and all that other stuff because of these stupid rules, then now they're going to make it so those rules are actually enforced so crap won't get moved across America. Is that, wait, 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 point of information, what are these computers, are they going to be able to shut down your truck from driving? What, is they, what are they going to do? I, well, they they want to be able to regulate it so much to where, you know, you, you can't make any money at it. You know, the price of freight's already down so low that it's really hard for all the guys to make it. But, you know, I, there, I'm going to say 95% of the drivers out here, you know, you know, we might bend the rules an hour or two just to, just to make up for some time. But, you know... For me, you know, 11 hours of driving, you know, that, that, that's plenty. You know, 700 miles a day, I'm done. Yeah. You know, I'm ready for a break anyway. And, and 90, 95, 90 to 95% of the guys out here, you know, we're doing it by the book. You know, we're not, we're not breaking the rules to the point where we become dangerous because, you know, every one of us realize that, you know, Safety is our number one. Well, wait a minute. Point of information. I mean, you're you're not doing it by the book, but you're not driving dangerously. I think there's a difference right, there. Right. I, okay. I've okay, heard yeah. that 99 percent oh, okay. of the drivers. I'll give you that. Right. I, I I've heard that all drivers, <laughs> professional drivers, are violating some silly and silly nonsense rules. because there's so many of them. How but, can you not? Yeah. But yeah, you've yeah, got to be but, professional, otherwise you'd be crashing your trucks all the uh, time, uh, and they're uh, obviously professional. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, and and you know, even even a large percentage of the accidents that involve commercial vehicles. You know, and I don't. I'm not trying to point fingers or place blame or, or take it off of us because sometimes we are responsible. But 90, 80, not. 70 percent of them are caused by cars. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. And uh, they're the there's amateurs. There's also another regulation that's coming out in June, where uh, as before, if you had a light out on your trailer, they give you what they call a fix-it ticket. You mm-hmm. know, they would give you a, a piece of paper that said, you know, your company or you or your company has 15 days to. to rectify this problem, send it into the DOT, and we'll forget about it. Now, 
you'll not only get a ticket ticket, oh, God. which the company will, you or the company will have to pay the fine on, but the driver gets a point against his license. Oh, man. For a light you, out? Yeah. Is this a, a any DO, lighter? A DOT point. Is this and any lighter? Re- just... After you receive 26 points in one year, they pull your license. Now, they pull your CDL. Are you talking about uh, headlights, or are we talking about just a little like red light, running lights that might be just kind of uh, scattered about yeah, the trailer? Yeah, just a, a marker light, anything that's required by DOT. You know, wow. we have to have the three lights up front, the three lights in the back, and sometimes if you're, you holy know, crap, I run 400 miles at a stretch before I stop. Right. You know, if I lose a light somewhere in that 400 miles, you don't know. You know, right? Yeah. There's a point. And if I understand it correctly, there's going to be a different point value for each one. If I'm off 15 minutes in my logbook, that's worth so many points. If I have a light out, that's so many points. My you know, gosh. And it, it doesn't take long to accumulate 26 points, and they're going to pull your CDL. Right. You know, and if you get fired from a job, you're not eligible for any kind of unemployment usually. Uh, Unbelievable. So, you know, they're just, uh, you know, this, this new uh, world order they're trying to to, to get, they want everybody sucking off the government system, and they want the guys that are that are rich enough to be giving guys like me jobs to pay for it. And I don't understand the logic behind it. I, I you know, I, I, when did it become a crime in this country to be rich? I mean, I don't make as much money as I'd like to make, but I understand we need rich people in this country to create jobs. You know, it's crazy. I want my I want my boss wiping his butt with hundred dollar bills. You know? <laughs> it's just I, crazy, I really and want, it's a good I question. I want my boss to be rich because hopefully he's going to see that I'm doing a good job and he's going to pass a little bit around. It right. don't always happen that way, but sure. we can hope. You know? Sure. Well, I mean, competition helps with that. It's, you've got more entities out in the marketplace. It's, if you don't like your boss, you can hopefully go and find another one to work for. If you still have your license, uh, which they're going to make it even more difficult. And I agree with you. Just trying to look at this and figure out what is the what is the motivation here for them to do this. I mean, do they do they want high turnover rate in the trucking industry for some reason? Because that's they'll, what we're talking about here, right? You get probably, started and then try to make it as long as you can before you get your license pulled. They'll too probably many lights out. Enforce it, uh, you know, arbitrarily, and then you'll just you know hope that you don't get caught. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, you know, I, I, well, I, I think if they. I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure what their, their logic is. I Just mean, trying they, to squeeze they, a few extra $100 per driver per year, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, our fuel taxes and everything, our road taxes and everything are so high now that, you know, these the, the little guys are going on. As a matter of fact, I uh, up until December, I worked for a guy. We had 13 trucks and uh some guys, some bigger companies cut in, come in and underbid us. We were doing a load for a dollar eighty-seven a mile. They come in and bid it at sixty-seven cents a mile. Wow. Yeah. You know, and and how can you do that? Well, they're bringing these these young kids in that that uh, think they're going to make money hand over fist out here, huh. and they're paying them. They're paying them, you know, a, a fraction of what they should be paying them for the responsibility you have as a driver. And, and they're getting what they pay for. Steve, I want to thank you for sharing uh, tonight with us. And feel free to call in any time to give us the uh, the professional driver's perspective. You guys are the lifeblood of America, and I really appreciate hearing from you tonight. Thank you, Steve. 800-259-9231. Man. And, and they are so many of the truckers, the professional drivers, are very liberty-oriented as a result of all this regulation. Sure. You might imagine. It's Free Talk Live. 
DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Toll free at 800-259-9231. It's the SACL CAI toll free line. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Those features, uh, we give them away. If you enjoy the program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Whatever it is you need to buy, they likely sell it in dozens of categories. Used items as well, amazon.freetalklive.com. The public school system sucks off the productive capacity of hardworking people, and whether public education succeeds or fails... Spoiler alert, it fails. At providing real education to the public, the costs goes up every year, goes up and up year after year. There are no refunds, and it also destroys individualism and curiosity. School Sucks Podcast is a show about the end of public education. Visit schoolsucksproject.com to learn more. Schoolsucksproject.com. Toll-free numbers, 800-259-9231. Let's continue here. Tim is listening in the swamp in Louisiana to KBYO-FM. Hello, Tim. You're on Free Talk Live. Well, good evening, boys. Howdy. What's on your mind? Um, I'd like to address the last call. and Well, ask your topic in general, okay? I don't know what um, our topic in general is, but uh, address whatever you want. Well, Go I mean, for it. When I, when I tuned in, y'all were talking about um, martial law. Ah, uh, Yes and tracking of folks and that sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm, sure. And uh, one of the things that truckers also have to deal with today is when they pass through those scales, there are um, radio identification numbers. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's in the cab. And actually, they have radio identification numbers required for cows. So as cows are moved from market to market by truck, everybody knows where they're going. I think they're practicing for us, but <clears throat> that's another topic. Hmm. On the on the on the uh, are you a driver? That, are you a professional driver? Ex driver. Gotcha. Okay. Why'd you, um, why'd you get out? Uh, I redirected. I, I I'm a, uh, I got into wildlife biology. I prefer hmm. bugs to people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Go ahead um, with the point. When we were unionized. You know, we had benefits. Uh, we had something that we could go to the owners with and say, look, um, we're not going to take this. You know, you got to remember that the 40-hour work week came, people died to get that. You know, um, you know the, the, the source of rednecks, which is what we're often called, is the red neckerchiefs that we wore around our necks as union, uh, as union miners fighting the um, the um, Pinkertons. So this goes back a long way, you know. I heard rednecks and, were, uh, you know, farmers that worked in the sun and got their and their necks were red from sunburn. That's, no, that's BS. It comes to it's it's an old Union uh, West Virginia uh, labor practice. I see. 
because when the Pinkertons came, they, you know, um, we had a way, a way to identify ourselves from them so that we didn't shoot. Hello? So. Oh, you got cut off. So you didn't what? You had to identify yourselves from them so. So we didn't shoot each other. I mean, I the union workers. Gotcha. You know, I mean, when I when I think of myself in the overall scheme of things, I think of myself in it as a part of a continuum. You know, I remember as a child, my father saying, "Boys, everybody had in your lineage has lived so that you can be here today. Don't mess up." <laughs> the pressure's you know? on. Boy, howdy. Yeah. Um, so that's all I got to say. And, you know, um, you know. When did you get out of trucking? Uh, 15 years ago. No, oh, wow. 20 years ago. Oh, man, there must have been a lot of changes happened since then. I don't know if you've been uh, oh, keeping boy, up with the scene. See what they, and, you know, and what, part of the problem from those boys with that heavy weight is the dang food that they serve in them roadside stops, you know? Yeah, it's not the, I mean, it's not the freshest. It's loaded and... with high fructose corn syrup and other stuff. Right. And you're in the truck for 11 hours a day or whatever, so you don't really have a whole lot of time. You're you're driving constantly all week long, and so what kind of time do you have to to get out and have any sort of exercise? Right. I think we ought to have, you know, like roadside rest that have like uh, a nice vegetarian fair with an exercise area, you know? Well, you should start that up, man. (laughs) Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. A lot of aerobics instructors bouncing there, doing their little thing in front so everybody can... Exercise along. 1-800-259-9231. Mark, I think you were right. Uh, redneck, word, origin, and history from dictionary.com. Cracker, 1893, attested 1830 in a more specialized sense. Be ascribed to This may be ascribed to the rednecks, a name bestowed upon the Presbyterians in Fayetteville from Anne Royal, Southern Tour the first. Uh, according to various theories, red, perhaps from anger or from pellagra, but the most likely from mule farmers outdoor labor in the sun wearing a shirt and straw hat with the neck exposed. So, eh, that's what go. the dictionary says. But who knows? I mean, who knows what the, the true entomology is? Uh, Toll-free number here, 800-259-9231. Man, just the, the truck drivers, the professional drivers of uh, of this country just get a screwing. And this, this whole idea that they're going to have to be of a certain weight class yeah. They're going to have to lose weight in order Truckers to drive a truck. Truckers are just too fat. We need new rules. What? I mean, when you think about the government micromanaging people's health, you normally you normally hear them talking about the kids. You know, well, we got to keep the kids healthy. Kids, uh, you got to have uh, BMI testing at schools and all of that. I know. They, I remember they did that to me when I was at school. We had the little uh, the body. They got brought out the caliper. And they'd uh, they'd give you a little BMI test in in health class. So normally when you when you hear about keeping people healthy uh, under the government's control, it's usually the kids because they're at the government schools, and that's just normal. You don't normally hear them talking about one particular class of worker in this country. It, it's very strange. It sounds like one of those scare tactic things that uh, that tend to go around, kind of like the emails, you know. Watch out! They're coming to get your guns and your kids and I things don't like know that. About I don't. That's that. what it sounds like to me. I, the, the truck drivers are Come a pretty well-networked Tru- group of folks. Right. Understood. But truck drivers, weight weight classifications on truck drivers, like they like the guy said, they're going to knock sixty percent of the truck drivers out in the first week. You know, that's they a good- can't possibly be that stupid. Really, the government. 
that stupid? I know they're stupid and inefficient. I do. But really, I mean, somebody somewhere in the Department of Transportation if has to believe have, him, have you sent have asked a memo to some one of these people that come up with this idea that said, whoa, hold on, well, you're going to bring America screeching to a halt, you stupid bureaucrats. I wish you would have asked, uh, uh, asked Steve while we had him on the phone to give you a little more info if you didn't believe what he was saying. I, I, yeah, I, I've just been thinking about it. I found it so I shocking see. when he said you, it. You were stupefied by but it. He said it in a manner that, you know, you believe it, I believe it. I it, do it, believe it. It's, it's, you're right. I you suppose know, this is the a... kind of stupid thing one can expect from the government. But now that right. I've I've had a chance to chew on it, it just doesn't seem possible. I, it it would not surprise me personally, well, considering all of the micromanagement, uh, the micromanaging regulations I have heard of, and I don't work in the business. I've only heard from the the professional drivers that have called this show over the years and talked about the insanity of what kind of uh, micromanaging rules they have to deal with from the departments of transportation out there. And it's I've heard some silly crap before, so it it's completely oh, uh, believable. no surprise in, uh, that the you know the the government's going to institute silly crap. And I do believe the little story the story that he said there that if you have any light out, including a running light or any kind of light out on your truck, that they'll give you you know they'll, they'll find the the driver and give him a point on their license. That does sound like the kind of crap they do to a truck driver. But but BMI on a on a on a you know, body mass index on a truck driver? Come on. Well, maybe it's we just can, not fair. Maybe we can find out where that information came from. Uh, you know, if, if Steve is still listening, he could call, perhaps call back and, and tell us, or we'll see if we can poke around. He's probably around. lost us at this point. He's maybe driving. So he's driving. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll see if we can poke around here. That's why we need to get on the satellite, more satellite radio options for people. And that's your job. Those truck drivers love that stuff. Uh, I think that's like the only people that subscribe though to satellite radios, the truck drivers. No, lots of people no. have it. I, mean, yeah. I, I see it in plenty of business offices. It doesn't have the ads in it. And when it comes to music radio, if you want a mix of music and you don't want ads, the only way to go is satellite. So the toll-free number is 800-259-9231. Uh, we'll see if we can dig up more information on the alleged new uh, trucking regulations. But I, for one, believe them. The trucker, the truckers, yeah, you're right, Mark. It could be an email forward going around between various different truck drivers. But these guys are well-networked. I mean, way back before the Internet, they had CB radio, and they would keep in touch with one another that way and, and transfer information about where Smokey, uh, Smokey Bear is and all of that. Now they've got... Most of them have internet in their cabs uh, of their truck. They've got laptops, and they are well-connected. Professional drivers these days in America are very well-connected people who are very concerned about uh, about freedom, the ones that I've had the the opportunity to to know and talk to. And it, it seems hard to believe that a rumor that crazy would just be flying around, but... Who knows? It smacks of, uh, of of validity. All right. There's more coming up here. Hour number three is on the way. 800-259-9231. The Manga Collector. We'll give you the latest on his case in moments. It's Free Talk Live. Money talks, and it sounds just like Jim Cramer. I'm Cramer. Money talks, and sometimes it shouts when the results speak for themselves. Investors worldwide follow Jim Cramer's advice on TV, in books, and on websites like TheStreet.com. And whether the market's up, down, or sideways, Jim's always hunting down a bull market. And now you can follow Cramer's portfolio at GetCramer.com. Okay, here's how it works. Every time I buy or sell, I will email you ahead of time. Did you hear me? Ahead of time. It's like, if you can read, you can read my mind. My portfolio, fueled by my great research, is designed to deliver success. And I'll share it with you at GetKramer.com. 
Today, you can sign up for two weeks of free access to Kramer's Picks and Portfolio. Just go to GetKramer.com and enter code word FREE. GetKramer.com free today. Go to GetKramer.com. Code word FREE. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231 as we launch here into the third hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves tonight. It's Ian with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. We're going to continue taking your phone calls here, but just wanted to confirm... Uh, Mark, we were digging around the internet during the uh, the news break there because you were you were finding it hard to believe after having chewed on the idea for a little bit. Uh, last hour, we had a professional driver call into uh, to tell us that there's some crazy new regulations going into effect here this year uh, to to control the the lives and uh, of professional drivers, uh, truck drivers, and you didn't believe it. One of his claims was that. They were essentially going to be regulating the BMI, the body mass index of professional drivers. And I said I absolutely believed it. I think that these uh, drivers know what they're talking about. They're well-networked. They, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure if there was BS going around, somebody would have checked it out. But then again, you never know. It could be just a vicious rumor. Maybe he was one of the first people to hear it. However, Mark, what did you find out during the break? Well, one of my geniuses, Keith, came up. You know, they, the, one of the cr- cool things about Free Talk Live is how networked we are and how many people we have doing sort of the, the role of producer. When, when somebody says something like that, they go to work. Um, and uh, Keith came up with this one. It's from MSNBC.com. New federal rules for obese truckers, regulators with the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration. You know, they have your best interest at heart. These are the CSA 2010 Comprehensive Safety Analysis 2010 um, rules? I don't. These aren't rules, no. This is, uh, they're, they're being considered for more than a year now, rules that, ha- that would require screener, screening for drivers whose body mass index, a metric based on weight and height, exceeds 30, the baseline for obesity. A BMI of 30 means 20, 221 pounds for a six-foot man. That ain't that much. Yeah, and it's, from what I understand about BMI, it's not quite the best way to measure whether somebody is unhealthily Indeed. obese. Right. It, 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 uh, can, it can be bad for people who are muscular. Um, Kenneth Armstrong's BMI equals 43. Researchers have estimated that more than 40% of commercial drivers have a BMI of 30 or higher. That sounds wow. generous. Um, <laughs> but the uh, FMCSA has yet to act on the January 2008 recommendation by the Medical Review Board, which frustrates groups representing victims of trucking accidents who say that fatigue in general and sleep apnea in particular are under-recognized threats on the road. A driver is impaired by fatigue long before he falls asleep, said Jeff Burns, a lawyer representing the Truck Safety Coalition, a safety advocacy group. Every time I'm in the vicinity of a large truck on the highway, I believe my life is in danger. I give trucks a very wide berth, Eds <laughs> Burns, who's a member of the Injury Board, a legal a advocacy group. I, I found truckers to be the best uh, the drivers, drivers on the, on the road. Safest drivers on the road, period. Uh, I mean, <laughs> they, they, really, they really are. They when don't, one of them jackknifes, it's, it's pretty bad, obviously. It, 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 it drives, yeah, it's, draws it's a lot of attention. People notice those things uh, happening, but... You know, on you look at the numbers, you break it down. I mean, these guys don't get in near the accidents that the cars do. And as the as the as the professional driver pointed out, Steve, last hour, 
it's the cars that are causing most of the accidents that are that the tr- truckers are they getting into. They whip in and whip out around these trucks like the trucks are uh, an obstacle in the road or something. Yeah. Um, like the, they're not people in them, and you have to respect the truck. You absolutely do. Yeah. I mean, yes, it is different to drive a truck than it is to drive a car, but there's a heck of a lot more dr- car accidents than there are truck accidents from at least that's what per my capita, belief is. Per capita. I would guess. Because obviously there are a lot more cars on the road than there are trucks. I don't know. I, I don't have statistics on that. Anyway, um, going on, the uh, there's no direct relationship between a person's body weight and the ability to drive an 18-wheel truck, said Tom Weekly, director of the operations for the Owner Motor Independent Drivers Association, which represents about 160,000 drivers. Show me um, where the, it's a better uh, predictor than a person's driving record. Sleep apnea is a disorder that causes a person's airways, you know, um, so they're talking about, uh, you know, the, the medical likelihood that fat people will um, have sleep apnea. And as I understand, that's, uh, um, you know, it's, it's terrible. They got some scary stories. So that's here. the ex- so that's the excuse is that overweight people are more likely statistically to suffer from sleep apnea. Therefore, they're more dangerous statistically, supposedly on the road. That's the idea. So therefore, all overweight uh, professional drivers will have to slim down. That's the idea. It's crazy. I mean, these guys have been on the road driving safely for decades, and they've been overweight for decades. And where's the epidemic? It's not an epidemic. That's just it. It's just saying that there's probably one or two guys out there that fell asleep at the wheel or something like that because of sleep apnea, and as a result, now they're just going to crush the entire industry. Well, they've done some... Uh, um Right, they've done some studies, and apparently they're they're believing that truck drivers have are more likely because they're fatter, um, are more likely to have sleep apnea. But uh, you know what? I I don't know. I mean, it's just speculation, though. It's not to say that that's a problem. It's not to say that it's affecting anything out there. If something happened, it was probably an incident or two over a few decades, and they're, well, we need to pass some laws so nothing ever happens. Nothing dangerous could ever happen on the road. That's really the point. Um, you know, if, if if somebody causes an uh, an injury or something like that, they you know they need to be responsible for that. But if they haven't, then then they don't. Let's continue with your phone calls about what you want. Neil is in Canada. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Neil. Hey guys, how are you? Hey, great. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I just want to talk a little bit about the Olympics. Okay, sure. I don't know how big fans uh, of the Olympics you guys are. Not at all. Been following it at all? Mark watches sometimes. Yeah, for sure. I thought the opening ceremonies were nice, but uh, it was really I, missing a key figure, I think, who, who would have represented Canada nicely, they, and he wasn't there. Who's that? And I, was just, I was disappointed. And what are, who are you referencing? I'm talking about the – do you remember the story about the, the Greyhound bus that was traveling across the country, and a, and a man uh, violently murdered another man? He cut his head off. Ooh, was, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah, that guy. And why is that? It was somewhere in Winnipeg, I think. I'm not oh. sure. But I think he would be a nice representation of our country. It was a shame we couldn't see him up there holding that torch. Why would you say Why that? Why is that? I don't understand. Clearly you're getting to something. Well, uh, I don't know. I just think he's a, a newsworthy figure. He he lends some notoriety okay. on, a, on this national stage. And it's a nice thing to associate to your, you know, to your country. He's famous. You know? he, he, was a, he was a really cool killer. Alrighty. I, I don't really even know what to say to that. Um, thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. Was that supposed to be tongue-in-cheek? Was it supposed to be funny? I don't know. It made me uncomfortable. Weird. 
800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. How about, like, when I think of Canadian, I think Trailer Park Boys. How about the guys from the Trailer Park Boys? Have them in the uh, the Olympic run. You ever seen that show, Mark? No. Oh, it's hilarious. It's great stuff. They nailed the trailer park. Not that I've ever lived in a trailer park, but I've I've known some folks uh, that have. I've spent a little bit of time uh, in, a, in a trailer park, but man... Uh, go check it out when you get a chance. Trailer Park Boys, fun stuff. 800-259-9231. All right, since we're talking about media here, uh, the U.S. manga collector has been jailed for six months. Manga. It's art. Well, comic books. some people would say it's art. Some people might disagree with that. But, yeah, comic books. According to Wired's threat level, Wired.com, a U.S. comic book collector is being sentenced to six months in prison after pleading guilty to importing and possessing Japanese manga books depicting illustrations of child sex and bestiality. Christopher Handley was sentenced in Iowa on Thursday to almost a year after pleading excuse me, almost a year after pleading guilty to charges of possessing so-called obscene visual representations of the sexual abuse of children. The 40-year-old was charged under the 2003 Protect Act, which outlaws cartoons, drawings, sculptures, or paintings depicting minors engaging in sexually explicit conduct and which lacks serious literary, artistic, political, or scientific value. Handley was the nation's first to be convicted under that law for possessing cartoon art without any evidence that he also collected or viewed genuine child pornography. You know, where there are actual children being forced into doing sex acts on video or phot- photographic evidence. A lot of this stuff is, um, you know, it's 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 not like they're depicting actual children. They're, they're depicting young women um, that are dressed up in a young fashion so you really can't i mean how old is a cartoon character yeah well, how old is bart simpson let's come back to this here in a few moments 800-259-9231 does anybody think this is a good thing putting this guy in jail for six months because he had some artwork it's free talk live it's time wake up this is just in case you care and yeah i'm talking to you that's my booklet of truth for the people of america and the wake up call for action to save our freedom get a copy for you and your friends at yeah i'm talking to you.com and get involved with saving our country that's ya i'm talking to you.com if you want to be part of the solution otherwise just go back to sleep you'll adjust to enslavement This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us, including the various different ways you can listen to the show. We've got live streams, broadband, and dial-up version, webcam. We've got listen lines. You can get all the details and get tuned in over at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. And as we mentioned over the weekend, uh, we've got a brand new radio affiliate on board with us. Uh, It's Kudo 1080 in Anchorage, Alaska, coming on board for midnight to 2 a.m. every night of the week, Monday through Saturday. And then Saturday, they actually take the live show, Alaskan time, from 3 to 6 in the afternoon. So welcome to our new six-night-a-week affiliate. We're afternoon drive in Alaska. That's right. Uh, Well, at least on Saturdays. Uh, So the toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. We'll give you some more information a little bit later on how you can help Free Talk Live get on your local radio stations. Have you ever lost power? 
It's inconvenient for sure, maybe even debilitating. Now imagine you could flip a switch and have uh, your solar backup system provide you with quiet power when you need it. No fumes or noise like a gas generator and not nearly the maintenance. Go to mysolarbackup.com now and check it out. You are the um, the one that's responsible for providing for your family's safety. It's mysolarbackup.com. Let's continue here. The story is from Wired.com about the manga collector, the first of hopefully not many, but who knows? This could be the first of many, and I hope it won't be that way. But uh, according to Wired, this guy, 40 years old, has been charged under the 2003 Protect Act. Which, in case you didn't know, outlaws cartoons, drawings, sculptures, or paintings depicting minors engaging in a sexually explicit conduct. This outlaws thought crime, basically. It basically says that if you have something that resembles children involving themselves in sexual conduct, you're a criminal. And you need to go to a prison cell. This guy's going to six months of jail. Because he had some pictures of some kids, allegedly, right. well, doing he, sexual they were, things. They were being sent to him. So he actually never received them. And I don't I don't know personally how this arrangement went, but I can tell you that uh, having worked at a comic book store, and I have a great deal of experience with comic books from back in the, uh, the late 80s, is generally you order these things based on their covers and, you know, their content. Well, who cares what, what he ordered? Look, he, he, was, he probably has a collection, and yes, they did intercept these, but who cares if he had a whole collection full of the stuff? I understand, but that may not be what even occurred here. Let's go to your phone calls. I want to know, is there anybody that actually feels like this guy should be going to jail for this? Uh, 800-259-9231. Ron is listening to WVTS in Charleston, West Virginia. Hello, Ron. Yeah, hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, I was just wondering, I mean, with this law, if I own the, you know, you brought up Bart Simpson, if, if am I going to go to jail for his little full frontal nudity shot in the Simpsons movie? Well, <laughs> I, I, that seems unlikely because it's not actually uh, explicit sexual conduct, although certainly there are uh, some prudes out there that would probably like to see uh, that kind of thing censored or, and or banned. Uh, it may and, be next. Yeah, but, but there actually was a story, and I don't think it was from this country. I think it was Australia, if I'm not mistaken. But there was a story about a guy who had some drawings of the Simpsons, uh, Bart and Lisa, the, the, the children in the Simpsons family. Right, from the Internet. Engaging in Ooh. some sort of sexual act and that, that person twisted. was indeed charged with a, with a crime for that huh. but yeah then you know maybe even think of some of the old uh renaissance style of the little cherubic or cherubic angels you right know, that they're usually nude yes they are and caressing fat ladies and that, that's, <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, nothing nice about so that. that is sexual i would think <laughs> it all depends <laughs> it's, it's right the viewer who, decides it, right it all depends on who you ask and uh, it just uh, so it sounds like you're with us on this that this is pretty ludicrous yeah it is i mean you know the poor guy probably might not have known what was in there right it's a big it, well even if he did know i still think he should be able to buy up as much of the uh, weird japanese manga porn Chill, child porn, tentacle porn, whatever the heck it is that he's right. buying. Rape isn't a big problem in Japan. No. <laughs> so, there you have it. Hey, any other thoughts for us, Ron? Uh, nope. I listen to you guys pretty much every night on my way home from work. Right. Are you listening on uh, the FM side or AM side over there in Charleston? Uh, on the uh, AM right now. All right. Very good. Thanks for I listening. Flip it back and forth. I appreciate hearing from you tonight. Thank you for it at 800-259-9231. I do that uh, here in town. The uh, the AM translator travels farther than the FM translator, but the FM uh, the AM 
uh, transmitter transmitter uh, travels farther than the FM, FM translator, but the FM sounds a little better in town, so I, I've tended yeah. to, to flip between the FM and the AM too. But that really just makes me an AM guy. All right, toll-free number 800-259-9231. There's a little more here to this story, because remember, the guy took a plea bargain. He uh, took a plea bargain to get six months in jail, in prison, because he had some manga books illustrating child sex and bestiality. Uh, So according to the story at Wired.com, now without a plea deal with the federal government, he faced a maximum 15-year sentence. Comic fans were outraged, saying jailing someone over manga does not protect children from sexual abuse. No kidding. I'd say the anime community's reaction to this since day one has been almost exclusively one of support for Hanley and discussed with the U.S. discussed with the U.S. courts and sure. legal system. Well, it's not the it's not the legal system. It's it's um you know it, it's the legislators. They passed this, and that's the reason this kid took this plea bargain. Because that's what the law says, is that if you've got depictions of, of uh, you know, what they call children, mm-hmm. um, and they're going to have to decide that these are children having sex, and I don't know what these pictures uh, showed, but if you've got pictures where there's no victim, everybody, no victim, um, no real children were harmed in the making of this manga porn. Right. <laughs> so, that, that you've broken the law. So a jury's going to sit up there and, and decide whether or not this guy's broken the law, and gosh darn, he did. Congress passed the, the, Protect, stinks, the Protect Act. What the Supreme, protecting? The Supreme Court struck down a broader law prohibiting any visual depictions of minors engaged in sexual activity, including computer-generated imagery and other fakes. The High Court ruled... So you the, can have a drawing, but you can you can have a computer generation, but not a drawing? <laughs> what kind of sense does this make? <laughs> you cannot have cartoons, drawings, sculptures, or paintings depicting minors engaging in sexually explicit conduct. But apparently you can have a computer-generated image. The high court ruled the ban was too broad and could cover legitimate speech, including Hollywood productions. Gotta protect Hollywood here. Yeah, that's uh, that's always where they go. In response... The they don't protect- mind if they, they uh, throw some, you know, dorky kid from Oklahoma or wherever it is in jail, but... In response, the PROTECT Act narrows the prohibition to cover only depictions that the defendant's community would consider obscene. The case... Be- the, their community... Well, according to the editor of Anime News Network, he's saying that the anime community's reaction was discussed for the U.S. courts and the legal system. So clearly his community says, hey, leave this guy alone. Let him have his manga porn. So obviously what the community thinks doesn't have one thing to do with what the government actually does. Well, the government decides who the community is, and the community is a bunch of uh, nosy uh, jerks that will get, get involved in your life. Yeah, busybodies. The case began in 2006 when customs officials intercepted and opened a package from Japan addressed to Handley seven books of manga. Inside contained cartoon drawings of minors engaged in sexually explicit acts and bestiality. Whew. Well, the world's a safer place now that this guy's going off to the federal clink for six months, right? Does anybody really believe that? Does anybody really think this is a good thing? Anybody that's listening to this show tonight. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. You can bring up whatever you want. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. From the last margins of the land of Big Brother comes a new pro-freedom website. The UK Libertarian rails against the country's ridiculous regulation. It's crumbling National Health Service. 
is disintegrating government schools and the political parasites, leeching more of our freedom every single day. Visit us at www.theuklibertarian.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Again, bring up whatever you want. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. The features are free, and they include our chat room and our webcam, both together on the same page. For your convenience, you can go to cam.freetalklive.com. See that for yourself. Get interactive with our listeners. That's cam.freetalklive.com. Also, if you're uh, wanting to get some gold or silver in order to have a hedge against inflation investment or barter currency, and, well, you're kind of like most people, even like I've been in my life, not very good at putting money away. Well, uh, Free Talk Live has a solution for you. So all you have to do is call this uh, toll-free number that I'm going to give you here shortly. And, uh, you know, put put aside 20 or 25 coins in a layaway plan. Um, that's the key word here, layaway, when you call this number. And they'll um, – it's Midas Resources, our syndicate. And once uh, you get um, – you, uh, you've paid off the, the 20 or 25 coins, they'll send them off to you. And then you can do it all over again. It's kind of like a little weekly, biweekly, whenever you get your paycheck, savings plan. Here's the number, 877-857-9938. It's 877-857-9938. Give him a call. All right. So I'm wondering if anybody actually thinks that this guy who's going to jail for prison, federal prison, for six months because he was importing some Japanese manga porn that involved uh, depictions of children and uh, bestiality, children having sex and bestiality, that does is there anybody that actually thinks that this guy should be going to a prison cell? And by the way, Mark, in case you thought that he was accidentally ordering things that he didn't know what he was getting. They actually list some of the titles of uh, of the mangas here. No, nothing good. At Wired.com. Huh? Uh, Unfinished Schoolgirl was one of them. Well, Schoolgirl uh, school porn isn't uh, isn't anything entirely new. Uh, in, in the United States, you could have this as long as she's barely legal, you know, a teen, uh, 18 years old. Th- you Animal do this. Sex Anthology, Volume 3. Uh, you can see that stuff on the Internet. Right, but now it's illegal to have a picture in your physical possession. Bestiality? Who's, well, yeah, maybe it's not. Who's excuse me, it's not the drawing of bestiality. Wait, I guess it's not bestiality. It's only minors ex- engaging in sexually explicit conduct. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. Doll Labyrinth, that kind of suggests young, uh, I think, young girls. Anyway, so it seems to, seems to me pretty clear that he knew what he was getting into. But that's not the issue. The issue is freedom. And that people should be able to go ahead and order whatever kind of uh, weirdo uh, manga porn that they want to for themselves. As long as nobody's harmed. And in this yeah, case, nobody's harmed. Let's go to your call. See what you think. Ladies first. Jennifer, listening to WVTS in Charleston, West Virginia. You're on Free Talk Live. Yes. Hi, Jennifer. What's on your mind tonight? Well, um, I was going to talk about the um, what I heard last night on Coast to Coast with I believe it's George Norrie. Mm-hmm. I think that's who's doing it. Yep. George Norrie. About a girl who did an investigation, and she stumbled onto something and found out she thinks there's a serial killer that is taking college boys who drink, yeah, they get drunk, and follow them and put them in a lake and drown them. Or they, 
or they're dead before they get in the light. And and this is a fiction story? Huh? This is a fiction, fictional that story? true. She's been doing her best days. I wish I'd written her name now. She's got her own website. So wait, it's like a, wait, it's a female killer of, of college boys? No, 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 no. She brought, she did some investigation. And she found out that she believes there's a serial killer going on. She read, she read, read a story she, in the newspaper, Michigan. I see. So, so uh, she's, like an independent, was, she's like an independent party, investigator? A college guy. He went to a fraternity party, mm-hmm. and uh, he got drunk. That's what and they right do. near the place, he, he was found three weeks later. Oh, no. He was missing. His, his cell phone was gone, was never used, you know. His credit yeah. card money was never used. He wasn't suicidal. Hmm. And uh, he was found in the lake three weeks later. Well, she decided, because she heard that several other college boys doing it, same thing, you know, being in the lake drowning. Really? Not drowning, you know, but they presume it was drowning. Well, she got a hold of this one guy, did an investigation, and he was, a, you know, he majored in this, you know, and he had other people found out that he was only put in there three and a half days before the three weeks was up. Huh? So, so where was he before that? He was missing all that time. Oh, I see. So he's missing until, for a week and a, or two weeks and two and a half weeks. Yeah, two weeks and a half. Yeah, and none of his cell phone or nothing had been touched. Nobody knows what happened to him, huh? Yeah, and they found they found other college kids. I don't know, Michigan and other ways, in other states. She's getting more people calling in. Men, the same thing. Man. One was at a bar. College. She, they so the moral of the in. story is: if you're in college, you shouldn't go to frat parties. There might be a yeah, killer out but there. But I've been trying to get a hold of him because Who? it could be he could. Like they did, they didn't know what type of person he was. Um, Who have you been trying to get a hold of? The woman that was on the yeah, show? Yeah, but it could be women too. It could be. You're right. He could have two sides of him, you know, and he could be do, like that girl in Virginia. I don't know who that, that is. Wait six months to go to that concert. There's just so remember, many sad stories. I don't know. Nice. I don't know specifically which one you're talking about. There, but obviously yeah, there are a lot of sad one, stories of uh, of abductions recently, and things like that. Uh, she waited six months to go to the concert. She left to go to the lobby. With, she went with two girlfriends, a real pretty girl, mm-hmm. going to college. And she was in the lobby. She called her girlfriend and said she found her ride home. Uh-oh. And her cell phone was outside. She out, she knew someone, and she found the ride home. You know, she knew this person. Well, her cell phone was found outside her wallet. Then just recently, they found her body in a field. Well, what, who, who was right the guy here. that gave her the ride home? Pardon? Who gave her the ride home? Well, that's what uh, I had called Nancy Grace. I mean, if her her parents said impossible because she she wouldn't miss that concert for anybody. Right. And there was no one there she ever wanted to date at the college. And she made that perfect picture to her parents. And I guess she didn't seem excited when she said she found somebody. And her parents can't believe she ever left that place, you know, because she waited six months. That's all she could talk about was seeing the group. Even the group paid for her, her disappearance. You know, if they found out she was mm. disappearance, the group pitched in the money. Well, I'll tell you what, if you're looking to find a guest for a different radio show, you probably should uh, contact those folks over at uh, Coast to Coast. Yeah, but I think um, all these women, too, better watch them, you know, because that's been going on, too. Thank you so much for the call tonight. I appreciate yeah. hearing from you. It's a, Yeah, I mean, there's some scary people out there.
People are uh, awfully worried about uh, the idea of serial killers, and um, you know they're they're interesting. It's it's an interesting phenomenon, mm-hmm. but uh, I think like you cannibal can, the cannibal. Yeah, I think you can find uh, much more insidious people working for the government. Well, you're more likely to actually uh, encounter one of them. You're much more likely to have a uh, an encounter in which a government agent extracts money and obedience from you than you are actually encountering. Or even a ones that killer. abuse their power. Come on, yeah. I mean, you know that. That's a heck of a lot more, uh, you know, likely to happen. <laughs> There's a new cop beating story. I just saw one on uh, uh, another YouTube out there where, um, you know, th- somebody got the video from a police station. Oh, cop boy. goes and turns the camera off. You get, nice. the, you get He turns it back on. This poor lady's beaten all up. Oh, my gosh. Scary. And those are the kinds of killers and murderers that you can't touch. Even if you've got evidence that a cop actually killed somebody on purpose, uh, there's very little that will be done to that, to that police officer because they've got the protection of the thin blue line. But nonetheless, I mean, they, yeah, there's some scary people out there. And, of course, that's one of the reasons why the Tiger Light uh, is one of our advertisers at tiger.freetalklive.com. That's what you want to have on your side. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, whether you're the girl uh, leaving the concert to uh, to get a ride home or uh, you are the, the guy, the drunken college guy. Yeah. You get, you get a face. Um, the the perp gets a face full of that stuff, and he's going to change his mind on what he wants to do. Probably would want to find a, an easier mark. I think at that point. Well, he's just going to really try to get his catch his breath. Although I don't know. I mean, they're, it, they're really at your mercy for like five minutes. It, I wouldn't think that operating the tiger light would be too difficult when inebriated after a college party. But, You'd have to be pretty darn inebriated. But then again, I don't know if I'd recommend anybody, you know, use weapons while while drunk. Well, you'll live. Yeah, that's the thing. I yeah. mean, you know, that's a good point. Light. Better that, better that, better to make a mistake with your tiger light because right. you're not going to die than to end up at the bottom of a lake. All right, more coming up here. You can bring up anything in the remaining moments of the show. This is Free Talk Live, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, but enough time for your call if you make it now to 1-800-259-9231. Still haven't found anybody to call and actually agree with putting the manga porn guy in a jail cell for six months. 800-259-9231 tonight. It's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free if you want to help get Free Talk Live on your local radio station. If it's not there... Uh, you can learn how at local fac, uh, localfaq.freetalklive.com. You can also learn how to encourage your local stations to take more of the show if they're already taking some of it. Localfaq.freetalklive.com. Now then, coming up in March the 18th through the 21st in Nashua, New Hampshire, at the beautiful Crown Plaza Hotel, there is going to be a hell of a convention. It's going to be put on by the Free State Project. The organization designed to bring thousands of like-minded, liberty-oriented people all to the same place in order to get active for freedom here in New Hampshire. Hundreds of of those like-minded people will be getting together in the same hotel. There's going to be uh, panel discussions and speeches, keynote addresses, dinners, uh, brunch. There's, uh, let's see, uh, after-hours parties, which are just absolute blast. Also, alternative things going on that aren't even necessarily part of the official uh, curriculum. There are the Alternatives Expo. There's going to be a, a 420 celebration on Saturday afternoon. Afternoon outside of the hotel. Uh, it, there's going to be so much happening, and it's going to be a blast. Free Talk Live is going to be broadcasting live that Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night, and looking forward to seeing you there. Get on over there and use our discount code to save 10% on your registration fee. That's 
freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum to learn about all the guests. They're going to be uh, the speakers. They're going to have uh, Andrew Napolitano. You might know him as the judge from Fox News. He's going to be one of the keynote addresses. Uh, you can go and get the whole full list of speakers. They've got at least a couple dozen there, I think. It's going to be great. We'll see you there. Freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. Use the discount code FTL to save 10%. As we continue with your calls, Larry is in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Larry. Hey, guys. What's up? What's on your uh, mind tonight, yeah. Larry? Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I tab you on the uh, like webcam here. I see you there. And, uh, wow. Congratulations. You, you guys are, What's on your mind you tonight? Are, you guys are looking cute. Aw. <laughs> uh, You're yeah, so sweet. Uh, yeah, that that manga manga thing—that's pretty crazy. Uh, I never heard of that stuff uh, before, but now that you mentioned, it's it's pretty, it's pretty pretty insane. But uh, now I that just, we mentioned, you're gonna go download some, right? Uh, yeah, maybe, probably. <laughs> I mean, well, I, I I was kind of amazed. I found this like uh, other thing, uh, when I in like the alternative kind of like cartoon thing. Hello. New before. I'm sorry, you cut out there. Alternative cartoon, what? Yeah, like hentai. I've never heard of that before. Now, what's the and difference the- between hentai and manga? That is uh, something I'm not clear on. Do you know? Hentai's porn. Manga oh, I have is no regular. clue. But what I was going to say, hey, was that, uh, like, it's, it's, inc- it's, it's hot. It, with these hentai, they're, they're naked. They're, it's really good. So is hentai like a subgenre of manga? Is that Correct. the idea? Gotcha. Oh, so, really? Yeah, I, 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 I you guess don't know. so. I'm asking the wrong guy. So, anything else you want to share? It's. I think it's changing my life. I, I <laughs> feel that I'm. I. Uh, there was one. There was one single. Uh, how should I put it? Uh, Episode release that occurred. That. Uh, <laughs> what was it? Just I. Um, I I can't even put it into words. All I can I can I can paint a mental picture for you. So it you're was, saying that uh, the the release that you received uh, from enjoying the hentai was so spectacular that it's it's become life changing for you. Yes, that's quite an endorsement. Yes. Thank you, Larry, Thank you. for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Wow. So in my uh, by my wife's previous career as a, a vocational rehabilitative counselor, she uh, she interviewed well, all kinds of bums and uh, you know people that wanted some kind of operation or another wanted the government in some way to subsidize their lifestyle. Um, there were uh, you know there was there was one guy who basically his claim was that his personality was just so bad that he couldn't work. He was a jerk and wanted wanted a subsidy for being a jerk. But um, my favorite was when she comes home and she starts asking me about you know, about cartoon porn, and basically she's talking about hentai. Mm-hmm. And apparently she had somebody who has whose debility uh, disability included the inability to relate to the opposite sex because they only viewed hentai porn. So. I, I, <laughs> She just didn't. So this was so foreign to her. She just didn't understand what might be going on here. Um, mm. That 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 she was asking me questions about it. Not that I know a great deal, but I, I at least have seen the stuff. We are being schooled here. Uh, Johnson says that manga is a company. However, the dictionary says that manga is a Japanese graphic novel intended, uh, typically intended for adults, characterized by highly stylized art. Right, I'm mistaken. While hentai is sexually explicit animation or comics, right. but anime is hentai is a is a subgenre of anime. Manga is the the hentai cartoon can form. be comics though. 
hentai can I be. I just a, read a you form. that a hentai, sexually explicit animation or comics. Then maybe it's a subgenre of both. The entomology of hentai it is it's disgusting, right? The entomology is perverted perversion. Okay. For hentai, there is no entomology listed for manga. Well, it doesn't. Maybe there's a company that named itself manga. I don't know. Uh, Japanese comics. Oh, here's the here's the history. Ja- manga, Japanese comic books or graphic novels. Involuntary pictures. Terms said to have been coined in 1814 by the artist Katsushika Hokusai to convey a sense of free-flowing composition and quirky style. So it sounds to me like manga being a Japanese graphic novel, typically intended for adults, is a wider category than hentai. So hentai, a comic book form or graphic novel form of hentai, would be also categorized as a manga. I didn't see any reason to correct you when you were talking about manga porn or whatever, because it really didn't matter. You know, it's but, important but to know what we're talking porn. about. It's important to know what the words are that it's you're saying. It's a foreign word. So? We're talking about All right. it. All right. It's hentai. I don't want to sound like a, a jackball, like trying you, to You think getting this word right is going to prevent that? Huh? You think getting this word right is going to prevent that? Prevent what? You sounding like a jackball? Uh, I don't know. That all depends. No. I guess it answer. depends on who you ask. So, uh, so let's continue here. I think uh, there's more folks here to want to talk about this. James is listening to WVTS in West Virginia. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, James. Uh, yeah. Um, basically, uh, you got it right about the whole thing. Yes, sir. Anime and manga are basically the same thing. It's just manga is in comic book form. Got it. Anime is animated. Makes sense. Like live action. And hentai is a subgenre of both. Right. Got it. And that branches out into all the various weird crap <laughs> that happens with porn, you know. There's a lot it's of it in like Japanese regular porn. porn except with tentacles. With, yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. 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 So, so what do you think about this? I mean, this guy's going to jail for six months uh, for having a manga that uh, that basically depicted child children involving in sex acts. Okay, look, I understand that some of the people who view this um, probably have fantasies, but it's better than them actually going out and doing it. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't want to pay they're, to put this guy in a prison cell. What good is that going to do? Hmm? They're just crawling off in their little corners with their weird shit. Oh, we've got to let you go. Thanks for the call. Appreciate right. hearing from you. Yeah, they're crawling off into their corners with their weird stuff. Weird is what uh, he said. Yes. Uh, except he didn't say that word. Uh, we're going to Christopher in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Christopher. Hello. How you guys doing? Hey, what's on your mind? Yeah, I was. Uh, I wanted to talk about uh, protests. Um, both cyber and physical protests. Like, have you heard about the uh, attacks on government websites in uh, Australia? Yeah, somebody mentioned it uh, on one of last week's shows. I think that's great news because Australia is restricting access to the Internet for all of their Internet service providers there, and somebody has been hacking uh, one of their websites, the government websites. Actually, it's been a lot of people from Anonymous. They've been putting ungodly amounts of porn on their websites. And, uh, <laughs> The, the point that they're trying to ban um, on their websites. And, That's fantastic. And, and I was just wondering, do you think that this form of protest, because they call it cyber terrorism, it's not cyber terrorism, do you think this form of protest is better than actual physical protest? Because I think this, this leaves a little bit of fear. It's like, how many of them are there? And, and like, nobody 
pays attention to protests anymore. Like the tea yeah. baggers are a joke, and I mean, I think so. I think protests. it's pretty. Cool. I think it's great. I think it's it's far more visible. Isn't and... it a form of um, vandalism, though? I mean, but it's you not support... legitimately owned property. It's government property. So you're saying it's okay for me to go out there and pour gas on a, a, a government park bench and set it on fire? Well, I mean, as long as you don't set uh, someone's private property on fire, I don't see what the problem with that would be. I mean, I'm not somebody who will go out and do these things. I don't necessarily encourage it. Uh, but at the same time, I, if I see them happening, I don't, I don't feel badly about it. They stole that money for that park bench. Unless somebody donated it, which is I, a possibility. I, yeah, yeah, you're not going to make a lot of friends doing oh, that vandalism oh, stuff. A lot of the park benches around here were actually donated by private uh, companies and people. But and it's on like public that. land, so nobody owns it, right? Thank you for the call tonight, uh, Christopher. We are out of time. If you didn't get on the show, we actually uh, have uh, at least uh, one guy hanging on here. Call in tomorrow night. We'll talk to you at the top of the show at 7 o'clock Eastern time tomorrow. Same time, same place. Online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. And it's another edition of the Edgington Post. And today I have with me John Buttrick, who's a sitting Superior Court judge in Maricopa County, Arizona, and a former candidate for the, with the Libertarian Party. John, are you there? I am, Mark. Excellent. Um, now, I, you know, there's uh, I, there's going to be a big something go on at the, at the Libertarian Party this uh, convention this year. Um, there's going to be a lot of people who want to return the party to principle and uh, and to see the you know doing away with the the watering down. Um, what do you think on this? Well, uh, something ought to happen uh, this year and also, importantly, in in 2012, because uh, there's been a significant change internally within the party in terms of the direction that the leadership's been taking it over the last uh, four to eight years. And uh, I have to tell you, I'm I'm, uh, not uh, very confident that there's going to be a Libertarian Party to be talking about uh, for six years from now if it keeps going in the same direction. I, I tend to agree, but um, rather than, you know, <laughs> nobody cares what I think, why do you think that is? What do you, what do you think's uh, going to happen, and what do you think the role of the Libertarian Party is supposed to be? Well, let me give you some perspective. Uh, in the 1990s, I was very active in the party, ran for governor of Arizona. Uh, I was on the Libertarian National Committee for uh, two or three terms. I was the platform committee. I was on the platform committee for three terms, and I was the chairman twice in, 2000, in 1998 and 2000. Uh, I became a judge in 2001, so since that time, I've been sort of on the outside looking in uh, because, because of judicial ethics, I'm not actively involved in the party. But what I've seen since then and attending some of the conventions in, uh, in, uh, in Portland, uh, for instance, the Portland Convention in 2006, what I've seen is a strong move towards what some people call pragmatism, other people call moderation, some people call professionalism, but whatever it is, uh, that movement uh, has gained a grip and control over the party uh, to the extent that the platform has been significantly watered down, uh, and the uh, and the, those people in control of the party at this point are, are seeking, it seems to me, either uh, purposefully or or because this is they think this is most most palatable. They're moving in a direction of making the party a little more than some sort of strange offshoot of the. 
conservative Republican wing. Uh, and the result of that uh, will, I think, in the, in the middle and long term, uh, be the uh, marginalization, uh, more marginal than it is now, uh, and uh, essentially the end of the party, because there will be no incentive for people to be attracted to the party as a, as a radical alternative uh, and fundamentally different alternative to the Republicans and Democrats. Uh, if we ha- keep having candidates and language that mimics the conservative Republicans, there'll be no reason for people to come and become libertarians. They'll simply vote for conservative Republicans. Right. Who needs a minor league for the, the conservatives, really? That's exactly right. Yeah, it just it doesn't make much sense. Um, I you know I understand what I, I might have been at one point on the other side of this particular conversation because I was like you know the libertarians aren't don't have much of a chance to win with the with the way their positions are on things and and that kind of thing. But as times progressed, I've sort of come to realize that well you know I guess it doesn't really matter whether they have the chance to win as much as it matters whether they can educate people on the the concepts of liberty and um you know i mean they and, certainly and that's, exact, that's exactly right mark in fact if you look at uh, the time period between 1972 and the present and all of the presidential candidates and and omit 1972 and 1980 because those were very those were strange candidacies for different reasons but all of the other candidacies and the one statistic you never hear about this, if you just look as a percentage of the vote, every single Libertarian National Party presidential candidate gets between 0.3 and 0.5% of the vote. That's not even statistically significant right. in terms of a variation. And we've tried every kind of candidate you can imagine. We've tried former congressmen. We've tried uh, unknown uh, uh, self, uh, self-taught constitutional law professors. Yes. Uh, we've tried people with uh, that have some modicum of people who sold a lot of books, yep. people with an economic slant, people with a pragmatic slant. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't seem to make any difference. So let's stop thinking about how it is that this magic is going to strike and we're going to elect somebody president of the United States, because that's not going to happen in, two th- certainly not going to happen in 2010 yeah. and 2012, or maybe even t- 2016. It's, we have yeah. to instead look at how to educate the um, uh, the country about fundamental political uh, there's differences in, in fundamental political philosophy and that we stand for something different. It's it's a phantom that uh, that that people want to chase. They want to win, and I understand. But the you know the I don't think the purpose great. of the Libertarian Party was set out to even win. That, yeah, that was a, that was the that would be icing on the cake, uh, quite frankly. Uh, what we need to do first is to turn the country around uh, in a very fundamental uh, sense uh, in terms of, uh, you know, what is, what is it that people want? Do people want collectivism? Do they want the Democratic version or the Republican version? Or do they want something different? And that's something different. Uh, you've got to have hold the, uh, the flag high, so to speak, for people to see that there is something different there. If you, in fact, hide the fact uh, that uh, libertarianism calls for uh, complete recognition of individual rights and a non-initiation of force, if you, in fact, hide that and do not display that, then people won't even know that there's an alternative there. Uh, and what good is that? What's the point, then? I, I Agreed. <laughs> so um, what do you see happening at this uh, this convention coming up um, in this year? I think the big fight this year is going to be over... Uh, there's going to be some bylaws fights, of course, but I think... The basic thing is going to be people trying to uh, beef up the platform 
uh, as it was uh, to try to get it back to closer where it was in 2002 and 2000 and those uh, that time period. And the second will be to uh, attempt to get people on the Libertarian National Committee uh, to, in fact, uh, who are more libertarian, that is, more radically libertarian than some of the people there now. That's going to be the big fight of these LNC seats. Uh, and there's also going to be a big, uh, of, of course, a tremendous campaign for uh, for chair. Uh, and uh, I keep hearing that uh, Wayne Root is one of the people that is going to be running for uh, for national chair. It'll be that is almost he's almost a, a proxy uh, for this underlying battle. Uh, I don't mean to pick on him personally, but he's a perfect example of the direction in which the party has been drifting, uh, and the the, the bar candidacy and a root candidacy for national chair continues that. And we'll see whether or not there's a significant resistance to that. I, I can't predict one way or the other, because I have, no one's taken any polls and any has any sense. But it'd be very interesting to see if he gets a, a strong fight in, uh, uh, in attempting to become national chair. So if uh, if people are concerned about this issue, and I'm sure so many of my listeners are concerned about the, the direction of the, the Libertarian Party, um, on a national basis, what, what would they do about it? Well, the first thing I do is I'd go to that go to that convention. Uh, uh, my problem is I can't even be a delegate, so if I, because of my position, so right. that if I went there, I could just sit in the back of the room and watch. But but your many of your listeners don't have that disability. Uh, you can contact your local your state party and find out how to become a delegate. There's virtually always openings for people to travel to the, to the convention and become a delegate. Uh, simply because many of the uh, state uh, delegation uh, apportionments aren't full. Uh, and if you want to go and have your voice heard and have a voice on the platform and on who's going to be elected to, uh, to, uh, to the National Committee and who's going to be the uh, chair and a voice in trying to decide the uh, uh, which direction the party is going to take in the future, pick up the phone today and go find out who your state chair is and, and, and figure out how can I go to this convention. I, I know there's a website called TakeBackTheLP.info. They're advertising with the show, and honestly, uh, Maury Strauss, the guy who uh, who runs that that site, uh, was, the, was the guy who told me to to get a hold of you. Oh, okay. Well, I've never met Maury, but I, I thank him for that. Yeah, he says well, he says you're a great speaker, and and I think <laughs> I think you've done a good job. So, um, I, I anything else you you want to impart to the listeners? Um, I've got a, I've well, got a few this, more minutes. Sure. Well, this is sort of one half of the fight. Uh, you know, there's the, the Libertarian Party is is a, is a wonderful thing. I hope I hope it re- remains uh, viable in the future. But there's all sorts of things you can do on the local level, completely ignoring national politics. Uh, and there are uh, Libertarian groups and think tanks and and uh, activists that are operating sometimes inside the party, sometimes outside the party, uh, in virtually every state in the country. And with a little bit of effort, you can find those people. And of course, there's the great leveler, the great communicator now. The great uh, mode of communication, and that's the web. You can find out anything on the web, uh, and uh, you can, you know, do something. Just get involved and become active. I wish I could at this point, but uh, I'd have to resign my job to do so. And indeed. So, um, what does Liberty look like in uh, Maricopa County? How's it doing there? Well, Arizona has always been a pretty, uh, a pretty lively place, uh, and there are uh, not only is the county party and the state party. Uh, active, but we have a lot of other uh, activists who who do things sort of off the grid, uh, and they accomplish a lot. Uh, this is, uh, I, 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 if I were going to pick some place, I know the Free State Project is in New Hampshire, 
But uh, if you don't like the cold weather, a wonderful place to come to is Arizona because we have a lot of uh, wonderful, freedom-loving people out here, too. That's not to say we're the majority in the state no. uh, because we, we're still a very small minority. But our voice gets heard here, and there's a lot of friendly ears. That's yeah, I'm I'm in the Free State Project, which uh, I, uh, agreed um, probably one of the uh, the big selling factors that uh, makes it difficult for the Free State Project. I'm not saying for everybody, but you know, is the weather. Uh, well, I, I'm from New England. I remember the weather back there, but uh, it, New Hampshire is a beautiful place. Yep, indeed. In the summer. Well, thank you, uh, <laughs> Judge John Buttrick. I appreciate your taking time to talk to us. Hey, no problem. Keep up the good work. Thank you, sir. It's TakeBackTheLP.info. Have you ever lost power and wanted to simply flip a switch to get the lights back on? If so, this is going to be the most important message you will ever hear because there's never been a better time to get off the grid and generate your own supply of electrical power. Solar power generators are now available. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving electrical power when you need it the most. Unlike gas generators, a solar generator runs quietly, emits no fumes, and produces electricity from the sun. It's like having an electric power plant running quietly in your own home. Whether it's hurricanes, ice storms, brownouts, or blackouts, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. When the power goes out, you'll be ready with a solar power generator from Solutions from Science. Go to MySolarBackup.com to request a free information package today. That's MySolarBackup.com MySolarBackup.com or call 877-327-0365 That's 877-327-0365 